Hello, it is Coach's Up Chuck Wednesday, January 19th. Chuck Pagano, Colleen Wolf, AJ Hawk, the boys. And I can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. If you like the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Here we go. The divisional round is just days away of this NFL season. Let's have a show. Hell yeah! Can't thank you enough for joining us here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Fresh haircut. You're welcome. Uh, uh, thank, thank you, Andrew. Welcome for no longer having to look at the incredible bush that I had grown on top of my head. Coolest looking barber in the history of the world, oh JC. Oh my God. Right. Shout out to Maestro. Shout out to Back Porch Barber. Hey, we appreciate you, JC. JC. This dude's the coolest looking dude of all time. It's nice to get a haircut in the office. This is like a dream come true. Hey, why do you want to potentially have your own building, your own office? Well, I'd like to be able to have a barber just come in every single week so everybody can get a fresh cut because going and waiting and doing that whole thing. And a haircut, a fresh haircut makes you feel so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, did I just lose seven fucking pounds? I think so. Yes, you did. So this is pretty cool. Thank you, JC. Thank we you, Thank you, JC. Thank you, Maestro's. All the, bo- all the boys look fantastic. At Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. That mullet got a little fresh. Uh, how you doing? Keep it moving. Fade on the sides there at Boston Yeah, Connor. I did, Pat, and you're right. I mean, the back porch barber always gets the job done, and I do feel like I lost seven pounds. I feel like tonight when I get in the Oculus Arena, everyone who I'm going up against oh. boxing playing ping pong is in for a long night. Now, listen, we are immediately starting this show with conversations about shit that has nothing to do with sports <laughs> because... <laughs> We are staring down the inevitable. Yeah. Okay, there's four games left. There's a lot of coaching drama, GM hiring, everything like that. But as the stories come about, we will talk about them. But if we don't chat about what's going on at home in our yeah. own our own lives at night, in this healthy fitness run that we're all on. Yeah. Come on, we're getting yoked. Well, come on, we're getting yoked yes. for the Super Bowl. Get ripped dude. up, dude. For the Super Bowl, dude. Because yeah. normally in the past, by yeah. the Super Bowl, we'd all be 50 to 60 pounds heavier than sure. at the beginning of the season. This at year, least. we said, you know what? By the time Super Bowl, we're going to get fat middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then by the time offseason comes around, we're going to be in shape as opposed to chasing not dying all offseason. Right, exactly. And then getting back in shape and then doing that whole thing. So we're getting yoked up for the Super Bowl. You got that fade on that mullet. You look unbelievable. And you do look skinny, dude. Hey, Thank you, Pat. It's definitely the haircut. I mean, the back porch barber does do that with his scissors and his clippers. So, Are you I, boxing in the Oculus Arena? I am boxing in the Oculus Arena. I have to say, though, I uh, have lost the thing that goes oh. over the eyes, so my eyes are actually just pressed up against oh, the uh, yeah, the yeah. screen. It is pretty difficult, but yeah, I've been I've been getting after it. So on it Amazon, bit. I got a, uh, there's a super padded one. The sweat, like the sweatband. Yeah, it's a sweat or, one, yeah. but it's super padded, so the air doesn't get in, so it doesn't steam. Ooh. So it also has a better flap over my mouth. Massive nose kind of gets in there, so no air gets in the steam. I, it two day delivery. Dude. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, you can get that. You can make that happen very quick. Yeah, I got one ordered. Yeah, yeah, okay. I do too. It's like silicon or something. It says sweat. It's, it, yeah. it looks legit. How do you do in there? How do you do in your fights? Pretty good. Uh, I do pretty good. I, my problem right now is you know because we are getting yoked for the Super Bowl and you know we might have started a couple weeks ago. I get about a fight and a half in and I feel like I'm going to throw up. For so. those that don't know what we're speaking of, this was something that kind of captivated the entire office. And we do not have a Meta or Oculus deal, although we probably no. sold a shit ton of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because when uh, my wife gifted me, I think an Oculus, I got in there and I'm terrible at video games. I bet. Thumb dexterity, so I can't control a human body or a snipe or anything like that with my thumbs. It's just not something I'm built to do. But the Oculus was awesome because mm-hmm. hey, it's full body here. You can do yeah. your thing. And there's this game called Thrill of the Fight in there mm. where you're it actually keeps up with your hands. And when you hit somebody, I think it's called the physics. It's like you really get lost in the fight. Although it is clearly a fake human. 
Yeah, okay, sure. it's clearly a video game in the metaverse. It really, you do get captivated in there by fighting and there's levels and all this shit. We're back in it because it is really the only cardio that any of us, I think, will stick to. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly believe because you only need 10 minutes, five minutes, and you go in there and just throw bombs in your entire body. My body's exhausted. Yeah. yeah. I had four fights last night. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Jesus. That's a lot. Four fights last like night. Like an Iron Man. Well, three in the endurance. You know, I'm getting back into this thing. Three in the endurance phase, which is four phase. That's the third one. And then one in the outclassed one. Okay. The outclassed one was the last one. It was a burner. I should have had that one earlier, I think. Almost died last night mm -hmm. on the floor. But I can't say enough good things about the workout that is the Oculus Thrill of the fight game. Yeah. Legitimately. Even little baby-ass legs Foxy's oh, in there yeah. fighting. That's right. I absolutely mm -hmm. love it. I'm only good for two fights, though. Can't do four. Yeah, Foxy, Foxy does a lot of... Floyd Mayweather in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? He's dodging? Yeah, a lot of dodging. Oh, so he's really not even... Because they keep wow. track of all your stats, how hard you're throwing, yeah. how many punches you're throwing, where you're landing, how much power you're landing with. And my stats look drastically different than Foxy's stats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Foxy's doing a lot of... Yeah, here's the game. Yeah, there's me knocking... This is the champ, by the way. This guy's the fucking champ. You meet him at the end of every single round. He's tough. This is the guy. He's an Irish guy. Of He's course. a taller okay. guy. He has good grit and dexterity, but he can't do nothing to the overhand boom. Oh, man. <laughs> night. Night. See ya. And you get lost in there, and I don't know what level this was on. Probably the second level, kind of easier. There's my trainer in the corner. He's Thank been you. with me since the early days. Yeah. He's been with me since the early Yeah, I'm watching the ref every once in a while, too. Yeah, because that ref, that ref had no idea, you know? And then they... It's always nice at the end in the arena to yeah. get your hand raised. Like you get lost in there. I mean, it is. It's a great game. Unbelievable time. Are you knocking people out or not? Yes, I am knocking people out. TKOs. I, TKOs. TKOs. Sometimes I, it's three in one round, which is the TKO, and then the other time is the clean knockout. See a two so hits. So you're getting, you're getting clean knockouts. Yeah, I'm not a clown like Foxy. There are two ah. hits, Pat. It's me hitting that son of a bitch in the face <laughs> and that son of a bitch hitting the floor. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Feel good about it. I have a one-punch knockout in that game. It was at the bottom level, and I uh, crow-hopped out of my corner. Yeah. Boom, bang. And then just straight dead body. <laughs> well, that was, that was right after the Tampa Eagles game, right? You said you started, uh, started yeah, off with the crow-hop. I, yeah, I did crow-hop, but I did not catch it as uh, clean. There's a couple times in that Oculus, though, where I'm, I'm working. They have a little training body. They even have a speed bag in there. They have a focus ball in there. Yeah. They have a heavy bag in there that lets you know it's it's – it's a lot better when you can box like full go and have zero worry of actually getting punched in the face. Oh, yeah. Not a bad game. I mean, I let the hands fly in there. And then when you don't have to worry about your wrists or your knuckles or anything mm -hmm. when you're punching a heavy bag, you can get a lot more work in, I think. So I go in there and I really – I sharpen the axes in there. Yeah, you have to. Will that ever carry over in real life? Like, would it carry over in real I almost want to walk into one of these gyms, but it would have to be in a city that isn't Indianapolis. It would have to be in another city and just say, like, hey, I was wondering if I could spar a little bit. So, you know, I feel like if I walk into any place where they know, these motherfuckers are going to try to kill me. Mm -hmm. okay? yeah. Hey, knocked out Pat McAfee earlier. Mm -hmm. yeah. That happens at Wise and LA Fitnesses whenever I go play pickup basketball. Yeah. Motherfuckers are trying to go on my head <laughs> uh -huh. just so they can tell people. It's like, all right. So when I go to a public game, I have to be at a level where it's like, I will get God out here. And mm -hmm. people are trying to get you out here if you just because somebody's recording it and me getting yammed on would be great for somebody to talk shit. Mm -hmm. So I always have to remember it's not just me, by the way. It's anybody who is somebody that is actually notable. I mean, I saw Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, oh man. I mean, he oh, found yeah. the shit out of a guy. Yeah, big I, don't, time. I don't know how that didn't end the opposite way. Like, 
Well, had that. As opposed that, to Gary fouling him. I thought Gary potentially dead there because oh, yeah. of how those things go. Too much respect for the game. Five time. Five, five time, time. Five time. Five time. Five, five time. time. New York Times best. So that motherfucker come from the wine uh, warehouse mm-hmm. all the way yeah. to the goddamn top of. He's got a top of the house. He's oh, got yeah. an office in Manhattan. That's just unbelievable. Congrats, yeah. Gary! But hey, when we Gary. saw that Gary. video pick up basketball, we did not think that we thought those were paid actors potentially. That should have been a fight. Yeah, that's that's what pick up basketball is, and I would assume that's what the boxing world is. Yes, <laughs> as yeah. well. You can't just walk in, and I think there's a lot of respect amongst uh, amongst boxing folks. So I think in about three years from now, uh, I'm gonna walk into some gym. I think for the next three years, we need to keep all cognitive function sure. yes. at an all-time Smart. high. Makes sense. For at least three years, four years, we have to keep the cognitive function high. The vitamins are obviously already doing some work, and we'll see how that ends mm-hmm. up 10, 15, 20 years from now. I think I'll be okay. Sure. Seems like other people yeah. have been there. But I don't need to be getting battered in the face at this exact time for the good of you know my life and for everybody. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it's hard not to, when you're boxing in that Oculus, not to be like... This would be pretty sweet, actually, to kind of stand there. Now, I weigh 240 pounds, so I'm fighting Francis and Gandhi. Yeah, that's the <laughs> so this that, weekend. That is probably why I will never get into the actual fighting because, I mean, John Bones Jones is at a level below my weight class. Right. Mm-hmm. And these boxers that are just the. I would have to box like Tyson fucking Fury, I think, mm-hmm. in the, if I was to remain right. That ain't going to happen. No way. So that is why the Oculus is beautiful. You look great. Foxy, you look great. Ty, I don't know if you're boxing. I think Peloton. you're Pelotoning. Peloton, you're crushing yep. it. I'm so proud of everybody. That Tone Diggs did 50 bodyweight squats yesterday. Couldn't get off the toilet this morning Stop. while taking a shit. Hey, baby, hey, let's go. Hey, I'm proud. I'm proud of this office. I'm proud of everybody. Now, Nick was eating McDonald's cookies yesterday, 9 a.m., yeah. a couple uh, sure. McFlurries and everything like that. I'm glad you scumbags finally decided to start taking care of yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Fair enough. Nick has the body, though, that it doesn't matter. No. Nick's body, just like Foxy's. Foxy's a little bit more wiry than mm-hmm. Nick, and mm-hmm. Nick's obviously much older than Foxy. So Foxy, I think, is staring at the future whenever he sees mm-hmm. Nick's body. Right. But Nick can eat whatever the fuck he wants, and he just remains as wiry. Just kind of loosen the shirt up a little bit. Nobody even knows. Yeah, it's Exactly. And by the way, congrats on that, Nick. Congrats. Nice job, Nick. You Good did thing. it, dude. Hey, shout out to Frank, huh? Shout out. Shout to Frank. Let's go, dude. Uh, a little easy on the Foxy can one day be like, he'll never be as strong as me. What? He'll never be as fast as what? me. What? He can jump a little higher, but that's he's got a lighter frame. What? So you basically said Foxy is like the bitch-made version of you. Yeah, well said. Yeah, Foxy, you don't deserve that. Foxy's in there getting TKOs in the fifth round against the lowest one. Ignition. That's right, Foxy. Zito's on some shit, too. Zito, we're proud of you. Super Bowl is coming up, and we got four games this weekend, and then we got, obviously, championship weekend, a bye, and then we got the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So we have to enjoy the hell out of this NFL season for what we have left, and the numbers are in for who watched what this past weekend, and Jesus Christ! Jesus. The NFL is just fucking killing it. Oh, yeah, both sides. Now, once again, we have no idea how these numbers are calculated. Okay, nobody has a clue. Mm-hmm. I guess old Nielsen was able to do this back in the day whenever they would tap into everybody's box that was just one particular fashion of watching things. And then they, they said that they didn't tap into everybody's box. They tapped into like one out of every hundred to see what they were watching and then they were able to build it. Whatever the old Nielsen ratings was, and I probably did not do it justice there. Ty, you would know you had to study all this. Yeah, things. no, I mean, that was, I think that's pretty accurate. So now there's... I mean, you have 45 different platforms, you have different cable companies, Mm -hmm. you have YouTube TV, you have Hulu, you have all this stuff. So nobody has any idea. I mean, maybe they have figured it out. Maybe. It seems like they come out with very confident numbers every single Mm -hmm. week, but they're all being judged by the same 
number system in the NFL is goddamn king. 50.2 million people were watching just the Cowboys Niners game. That's at its peak, 41.4 average. So that means potentially 100.4 million individual eyes wow. saw Dak get deboed by that ref yeah. and then them end the game that way. And mm-hmm. Big Mike, what the fuck is going on here? And then that is insanity, let alone what's about to happen when there's only four games and when there's two games. It's only going to go up and up and up. But congrats to the NFL for maintaining absolute dominance in a world where there's a fickle fan base for basically everything. The NFL is just climbing and yodely, 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 yodely. And four out of those six games were blowouts. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't even fathom if we get, like, Chiefs' bills on Sunday night should be unbelievable. Oh, crush. Packers. Niners. The Niners have a fan base that has been around a long time. They might have got quiet for a bit whenever they stunk, but they are nationwide because of how big the Niners used to be. That Niners train used to be a real thing. They legit, there's, I, I had friends at West Virginia who grew up in the hills of West Virginia, like, oh, I love Niners. Mm-hmm. Like, how? <laughs> yeah, what? How the fuck do you love the Niners? And then they go through, like, the legacy and, like, everything that they've had and everybody that they've had. And back in the day, what they were able to accomplish in there, their dads loved the Niners. It's like, they're one of those fan bases that I don't think uh, everybody respects as much because it's from the West Coast. And in recent memory, they haven't been as dominant. But the Niners faithful is a fucking real one. You get that and the Packers, just like the Niners and the Cowboys have that same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's on prime time as opposed to the Cowboys-Niners game or that wasn't. Mm-hmm. That is, I'm interested to see this weekend's number. That was going to be huge. And, and then the early game on Sunday with L.A. and Tom Brady is going to be huge. And then I think that one on Sunday night is going to break all the records. Chase yeah. Bills. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I think... Starts at a perfect time, too. Not too late. Because that is what I wonder about, like, Packers-Niners is I think it was uh, Bills-Patriots had the lowest rating of any game over the weekend, and that was the late-night Saturday game. So So now you have to dive into it. Like, is it because... Jordan Poyer gave a speech in a defense before the game. Said, "I'm sick of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. It's an end of a fucking era." It was, by the way. Yeah. Oh wow! Everything he said to that wow. group that he definitely didn't think was going to get leaked publicly. Yeah. By the way, these are things that I don't love that are being leaked because now people are going to ask Jordan Boyer, do you think what you said is just motivation for Bill Belichick who's been good for 20 years and there's probably Patriots fans saying oh what the fuck does Jordan Boyer know like Jordan's talking to his teammates on the field and this has been something that's been happening this year Mm -hmm. on field shit talk has been treated as if it was media press conference shit talk and I guess that's a world that we get in because everything's mic'd up and everybody hears everything but I think whenever you get into the confines of a game like there's just some modes that people have to get into and have to go to to be able to perform at the level that they're at. Jordan Boyer will come on here and laugh, you know, mm-hmm, have a good mm-hmm. time, super nice guy. But it's obvious that whenever he's playing, though, he flips the switch, switch. Yeah. Yeah. and he's fucking out there. And now forever, I'm listen, Boyer sounded like a dog, mm-hmm. and they went out there and won. I absolutely loved it. But it also fed a lot of fodder for people that want to talk shit on Boyer, which I'm not sure he was necessarily excited about or even had a thought that they would hear. Now, he knows that there's cameras everywhere, and he knows that people are mic'd up, but all those things have kind of been selectively chosen on what gets released and what doesn't. That one looked like it was a recording of a, a camera. I don't even know where that one... I don't know where it came from. No Is idea. It, it, I don't even know how... Yeah. Somebody snuck into NFL films Whoa. and was able to record it and let that thing. Once again, Poyer looked like a fucking dog because yeah. yeah. they went out there and won. But I didn't expect that type of thing. It was edited too. So is it going to be on the uh, Paramount Plus show? Mm-hmm. And that's interesting that they're choosing. To it's put from the that... Bills website. Oh, the Bills put that out? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. That is fucking amazing then. So the Bills were like, yeah, we're a bunch of dogs. You guys are fucking Powerade. Well, probably that not. That is awesome. I mean, definitely not. End of an era. I don't know if I go that far. We have a rookie quarterback. Maybe last year was the end of an era, you know, of dominance. No, nah, you guys lost by 30. And we lost, lost by 30. That's what I was going to say about the, the ratings. People probably turned that game off in the first goddamn quarter because it was over pretty early. But I am pumped for the... How about the Bills putting that out? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. that is amazing. That's sweet. And they know their team going forward is basically the team that they have right now. They're not losing really anybody. And we got to play at Team two times a year, guys. at least maybe three with the yeah, goddamn wild card. Yeah, games. legit with seven fucking teams yeah. getting in there. I'm so pumped for the Bills that they put that out. That's awesome. That is really cool. Because yeah. they they definitely asked Jordan, "Hey, do you mind if we put this out mm-hmm. here?" Jordan, let me watch it for a second. Yeah, yeah, pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, because this happened when the Bills played at the Patriots, where it was like in-game, post-game, like trash talk. That oh, wasn't Josh meant Allen to get leaked. in the yeah, right now. Who they think this was or yeah. whatever? Yeah, and they're leaking it out. Yeah, there. so it was one of those things where I, I also didn't think it was the Bills putting it out because it looked like it was someone recording, recording it. a screen. Oh, yeah, on the screen, and then uh, the NFL put one out that you put on your Twitter yesterday of Poyer, but it was him talking about like Josh Allen. I'm so glad Josh Allen's on our team, which that is normal. Normally the shit that gets out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It not is- not that type of shit, which is sweet that they're doing it. And this is exactly why stuff like Hard Knocks has kind of changed because you get this from the teams because they can record all this stuff and then, I guess, selectively put it out. But they need to just start putting everything out. If I, this I would like is. to let everybody know that I do love that this is the way the NFL is going. Oh, yeah. The the NFL's going. <laughs> yeah, more access. Never would have expected it. As long mm-hmm. as, and you said this and we've said, as long as what you started this conversation with is we don't see a fucking headline out there in the oh, morning that says, is what Jordan Boyer said going to ruin the Bills' chance? Yeah, bulletin yeah. board material <laughs> for Bill Belichick. It will be talked about this offseason. It will be talked about this offseason sure. for sure. Did what Jordan Boyer said before that wild card game motivate Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft to make a decision? That will be absolutely oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. quoted. And it's like that shit's been being talked by – a lot of people in mm-hmm. those pregame huddles when it's just the individual position groups or the secondary or the yeah. D-line or the linebacker. The shit that's being said in those. Yeah. These dudes are getting ready to go run their faces into people. Yeah. And there's some people that, you know, aren't necessarily like, hey, let's go have fun out there. Yeah. You know, there, there is mm-hmm. a, an a of, attitude and a mindset that comes with that. from fuck these motherfuckers. A lot of, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah a lot of. There's uh, probably some from the Patriots, but we're not going to see it because they got their fucking asses beat. But we did see you guys dancing on the. True. Well, that, do that before every single game. So I Well, I, I yeah, right there on that. Bill's field. Yeah. yeah well, look at these cocky motherfuckers. Do it over before there. every game. We did it before the uh, Windy game as well, which obviously. You can look back and say it was a fluke, but dude, but- I love that the NFL is putting the, that type of shit out. That's a big time. That's a big time change, especially because they're getting into digital streaming now. That aren't isn't necessarily FCC warranted. Now they did mute it. Mm-hmm. They did put stars in there. Yeah, but it was real clear. He said "motherfucker" a couple of times. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's one thing, but when. Like, they chose to put this out, and it's very evident, like, oh, yeah, he said fuck in this, like, five or six times. Yeah. And that was their decision to put it out. Star, so, star, star, yeah, star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was amazing. Should be able to let it fly anyways. It's the internet. But I do wonder what <laughs> Bill said to uh, the Bills King after Kerr, the game. by the way. Yeah. Yes. Like, it, it should be a lot. We understand what football and is. And everybody's like. on the internet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay? Everybody's on the internet. So, this was, there's some sports networks that are, you know, starting and everything like that. Sure. And they are FCC regulated networks, mm-hmm. but they don't have like sport rights. Yeah. 
So you're just basically an internet show that has to be regulated by the FCC with certain commercial breaks. You're not allowed to say anything. It's like in the world that we live in, and I, I would assume the FCC is going to have to adapt at some point. These networks are going to have to be like, hey, everybody on earth knows that fuck is a word. Mm-hmm. Like the internet is just, the adults have kind of taken over and kids are hearing this. And I don't know, I'm not a parent, okay? I got a couple dogs, four cats. Shout out. What? Couple starfish I learned about. Yeah, and some other stuff. <laughs> Crazy, this, you know. But it, what happened to the, like? And I think it's happening now because kids are seeing everything on the internet. Like, I'm not allowed to say that word. Like, like you're not mm-hmm. allowed to say that word yet. And I think that is always like the angle whenever people are like, "That's why the FCC is the way it is." Well, we can't make kids think it's cool to say this word. It's like, well, when I was a kid, I heard the word, thought it was cool, and I knew when I was allowed to say it, when I wasn't allowed to say it. Yeah. Now, my dad was a truck driver. So people can obviously, my dad, not a big time swear, but I would drop a fuck every once in a while. Mm-hmm. As a kid, it wasn't like, hey, you're not allowed to say that. It's like, hey, when you're in company of people, don't disrespect them. Like mm-hmm. you are not old enough to say that yet. And people hear me now and they probably think I'm an incredibly foul, uh, foul mouthed person, but then they go on the internet and they're like, oh, this is how everybody fucking talks. Yes. This is how the real world is, as opposed to what we've been trying to put, uh, paint the picture of the fairy tale land that exists. And the internet has kind of exposed that to everybody. Kids see it every single day. Kids say, kids see more videos with the word fuck in it than they see any FCC regulated thing ever in the history of anything. Mm-hmm. So I like that the NFL is potentially adapting a little bit that, you know, there might be a little bit of a different time. Well, they don't have to hear Jordan Poyer say it, but at least in reality, we know that it is being said and this is something that's happening. I like that. That's good news for the future, I think. And that's good news for content as a whole, I, I think, for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, not everything caters to everybody. And you think back to like. That's hilarious. The situation you're, I mean, if you said fuck or whatever around someone and like my dad or like my mom heard it, like, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the point got across very quickly. Like, yeah. hey, you don't fucking do that shit. You know, like yeah. when you're with your friends, you can say whatever the fuck you want but when yeah exactly like not everything is meant to be for everyone and especially with football like kids know like it's violent you see injuries like there you know there's some stuff that goes along with the game that isn't for everybody but there are a lot of people who do enjoy that type of this shit. is good news because and this is us thinking from a selfish standpoint i always just assumed that the nfl would never allow us to be like work work with closely them. associated yeah. because with. we do swear and it's much different than it but i am former player i played a long time we have a lot of former players on here who do the same exact thing and speak the same way and in buildings across the nfl this is very casual compared to what is being said in practices and everywhere like that but so i like the hey bills if you guys keep putting those out yeah, yeah keep putting those keep going out. it'd be great for everybody it'd be great for content as a whole remember whenever the last dance happened they put it on espn they just let it eat yes did the world burn down you know? No. Well, I guess well, kind of, Scotty yeah, Pippen's yeah, yeah. world. It was kind of already burning at that point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not talking about Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen, by the way, is on the record saying he and Michael Jordan similar, almost better. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but he hates Michael Jordan, it sure seems like. Just by what he's putting no. out, his book that's coming out, it should. It feels like that, right? Yeah. He definitely thinks that, you know, he should get a little more credit. Listen, Scotty Pippen. Uh, he hit a pitching wedge from about 195 yards out and dunked it on me <laughs> yeah. in a uh, golf tournament in which I walked out with one of these. That's right. And he didn't, you mm-hmm. know. So, yep. like, the thought of our relationship with Scotty, like, we had a great time with Scotty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best had a couple of dri- Best yeah. he's ever had. Took some shots with him. Shotgun with him. Yeah. Took some shots with him. Hanged yeah. out. Golf with him. He beat me. I mean, I was told he was a terrible golfer. And I was being told that by people that are scratch golfers. Sandbagged. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I kind of, 
I mean, we we ended up in that casino way too oh, late. God. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, you you got maybe 45 minutes of sleep before you had the tee off. Early tee off. Yeah. Hey, Scotty, first hey, first Scotty, group, sorry. Scotty you know. Pim, yeah, you're going first. There's no cameras. You and Scotty just kind of got to get out of the way. And uh, Scotty's terrible, by the way. Don't even worry about it. You two, you guys are battling it out or whatever. It's like, and then when he beats you, he's going to go play blackjack with Post Malone. Yeah, on the other Post side. Of yeah. yeah it was you good can't too. come in. Yeah, no. Like, Whoa. <laughs> we weren't allowed in. Uh, I think we could have if we really wanted to, mm-hmm. but we did. We go to walk in and say, no, thank you or something. It's like, all right, fair right, enough. We'll go, we'll all go right. play See, I get it. All right, <laughs> this dealer over here is about to get tipped out pretty large, and uh, we're just going to need all the drinks that you got around. Here. But anyway, Scotty was a very nice guy. I did not expect you know the contention between he and MJ, and I think it all started with the last dance and yeah. how Scotty was portrayed, and then probably behind the scenes stuff. He has felt like maybe abandoned in certain time. I don't know. It just feels like that's what it is. And if it's all to move a book and he's just playing a character, good on him. But there's a lot of clips leaking into the internet. It's like, oh, come on. I didn't want that to happen. But Scotty does his own fucking thing. We all know that. Yeah, and after the last dance, like you said, I mean, I'm sure him and Jordan kind of had a a point where Jordan's like, all right, well, I don't fuck with this dude anymore. So I'm sure that relationship has basically deteriorated. So it's like, all right, well, you know, I might as well get my shit out while I can. By the way, Scotty, pretty good golfer. Oh, yeah. Just needs to be like... We were lied to. Mm-hmm. Big time. <laughs> we were like, and I think I played pretty good golf. You actually. did. He Might shot like four over. There Dale, Curry. Dale Curry said, you know, Scotty shot 105 yesterday. Came out and shot an 83. <laughs> yeah. It's like, good, good God. That was my first golf round of the year. Championship yeah. pin location, too. It was awesome. Sunday. An hour of sleep. It Jesus. was awesome. I mean, me just acting like I could do that. <laughs> Quite ignorant. Wow. I mean, we were pretty cavalier around there. Everybody was dialed in. They had their old, they had their pre, they had their pre round routines they were doing. There was people on the driving. I mean, yeah, but you were built for the, you know, like the the partner golf setup because you didn't need to. It's like, hey, yeah, like Mm -hmm. a scramble situation. Like, hey, guess what? I'm not going to be that great, but. I'm going to get one out there. I'm going to okay. get you a ball yeah, out there. Exactly. I'm going to hit one far. I'm probably going to hit a good chip at yeah, one that point. that flop shot. I'll bury a putt at some point. Right. Like, yeah. I'm a good scramble golfer at the moment. Mm-hmm. But at that tournament, these dudes are all golfing like 36 holes a day. Mm. Oh, yeah. These motherfuckers are golf. Like This became their full-time jobs. I'm like, uh, what do you do? Well, I go over to the club, get a full stretch in, then I hit the range, and then we play 18, then we watch film, we have lunch, and then we play <laughs> another 18 in the afternoon, then I go home and pick up the kids from school, and then we have an entire afternoon. I'm like, when do you do that? Every day. <laughs> Oh. Holy shit. <laughs> I haven't picked up these clubs in three years. We're playing against each other. Oh, great. Sounds That's good. Should be fun. Uh-huh. But I do feel like I held my own a little bit in there. Got some points. Got one of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's the, Scotty Pippen was a very good guy. It, it needs to be on the record that Scotty Pippen's a good fucking golfer. Yeah. And Del Curry lied right to our face. Del Curry also made me putt out, what, a foot and a half mm-hmm. putt. Because oh. he had seen all the brujas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That I had had. Yeah. It was zoomed. It was hot, too. You're battling the elements. I damn near passed out on that final round. Well, that's because you were boozed up for 72 straight hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You and Ty, yeah. no beer left behind on the entire island. That's right. By the way, drain the putt. Del, 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 Del made me do it. And then a couple holes later, made me do like a three-foot one. Did rim out yeah. on it. Ah. <laughs> Nick and Ty, I... I heard Foxy couldn't find his room for three days. Well, yeah, Ty then pulled a Foxy the next night. Yeah, yeah. listen, there's a big casino. Huge. (laughs) Maze. Tough to get around Ended up in the bowels of that place. Yeah, we really were actually walking around the bottom of that place. That's one of those things that is really cool about being, like, just a punter. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, because you get grossly overpaid, and nobody has a clue who you are. So, like, I got a chance to go to a lot of events, and I had, you know, the freedom to do whatever, and nobody would bother me at all. 
it's so much fun where you can just fucking go through a casino. Nobody has a clue who you are. <laughs> hey, I'd like to bet five thousand on this blackjack. Who are you? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I need you to get busted. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, we're gonna go down to this club. Uh, we'd like to. Yeah, can we just get that whole area up there? Uh, that'll be yeah, cool. yeah that's good. That's, that'll be fun yeah are we bored here yeah let's go over here and do that and then you got people that are walking around like J.R. Smith was walking around there super cool but he had to have like security around oh yeah like, he was just Post Malone had zero room to go anywhere right like oh who's the guy with all the tats on his face everything? oh that's fucking that's Post Malone he can't do anything that, that was a great weekend oh yeah that was a fucking great weekend all timer man is that gonna happen again I hope so. They better do a better justice with the television of that thing. Mm. Yeah. The amount of content. If we're going to do the golf yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Well, he's he's got a lot of other shit to figure out. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, a couple quick questions. Priorities. We're on the Packers next year? Yeah. Priorities. And are we golfing? <laughs> Baja Mar? Or, or what's going on? What are you doing, March? <laughs> what do we got going on? Huh? That was a good time. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get a time like that again. Yeah, I mean, it really was legendary. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I Straight think- ripper for 72 hours yeah. right when we got on that plane in Miami and then three tell- hours. Yeah, yeah, three hours <laughs> waiting on the plane because the the shitter broke right next to oh, the yeah. seat. The yeah. shitter broke. They had to pump that. That was awesome. Glory days. Nostalgia. Glory days. Right. Inside, inside jokes are fun. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's probably loving watching this right now. Sorry about it. It's fucking Wednesday, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, talk about Wednesday it. without any games during the so week. Too. We got Colleen Wolf coming in the second hour. Can't wait to chat with her. AJ Hawk will be here. Chuck Pagano will be in the third hour. And I believe right now joining us is a man who's a Stanley Cup champion, a guy who is a co-host of That's Hockey Talk. You see him on NHL Network. You hear him on Sirius XM NHL. That's Hockey Talk, by the way. The hockey podcast that comes out of this particular office is happening tonight at 8 o'clock. At youtube.com forward slash that's hockey talk. Nick will be live from his bedroom, the one in which the light turns off every single week. Gumpy will be right in the middle of the Thunderdome, watching every single sport in every single game that exists. And this guy will be sitting on a futon in front of some window or drum set, oh, yeah. being a Stanley Cup champion, an absolute electric factory, six foot six <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. Hockey superstar, Mike Rupp. Yeah, What's up, dude? What's up, fellas? Hey, I just want to let you know. today? Hey, great. We have a trend of like four out of the last five guests on the show have called from a car. That's been happening as of late. Are you on the side of the road right now? You in a parking lot? Where are you? Hey, am I frozen right now? No, nah, this guy's oh, Rob, she <laughs> Call him back, Tito. Call him back. He must be in Saskatoon, huh? Uh, I think he's probably driving up to the NHL <laughs> yeah, Network. Yeah, okay. up there in Jersey. Fucking Manitoba? I don't think it's Manitoba. No. Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. It's all right. Hey, there's a beast that walks around those lands. What? <laughs> Listen, you fuck around in Saskatchewan, you might run into a Brock Lesnar somewhere. Oof. That guy. Don't get lost. He's actually, I think he actually lives in Saskatchewan. I, I, I don't know. Act, but I think, you know, on TV, yeah. I just scream, right. straight out of Saskatchewan. Yeah. And yeah. nobody has corrected me at all. I think he is just up there living maybe in, in the, the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Wyoming, yeah. While his Bigfoot sightings are up there. Call him back, Zito. Call him back. It's blurry. Ah. <laughs> Rob's. Must yeah. be way up Classic there. Classic Cleveland. How are the Penguins doing? We're fucking great. 
Uh, let's go around all the teams. How the Golden Knights doing? Stink. No, 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 no. Uh, yep, Stoner's died. In a little bit of a schneid right now, but hey, still top the, the fucking division. We're Whoa. number seven in ESPN's power rankings. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck about ESPN's power rankings in hockey until what? at least a year from now. Yeah, doing well, they're NHL. showing zero it's games early. on TV for about five of the first six months of their uh, network thing there. I mean, is Barry Melrose giving the rankings or who? His name was on there. So okay, well, I, maybe uh, I believe Fair enough. Maybe I believe it then. Maybe they should be a little bit lower. The Blackhawks stink. Red yep. Wings are in the AHL. Stink. Dallas oh. Stars are from Texas. Stink. And the Boston Bruins are the worst team in hockey. They oh. lost 21 to 1. Oh. We did lose 7 to 1, but we're okay. We're right next to the Penguins in the wild card spot in the no, Eastern no, Conference, no, no, Pat. No, no, Don't no. you worry. We're both making the playoffs right now, okay? No, you're losing 7 to 1. You're going the wrong way. We're going, uh-huh. we're going north. Tuka just got back. Let him get his cement out of his skates Why one time, boys. He quitter, dude. He quit on you in the playoffs. He had a child back. during COVID, Tony. Give the guy a break. Just real quick, though. That's not Who's your team? Penguins, dude. Oh, oh, I thought it was a cracking guy over here. Some fucking, no, I had a, a beef on the internet with someone. Uh, they didn't know it was happening, uh, but I've since muted that person, so they're not in my brain anymore. I'm back to the pens. What are you what? talking about? <laughs> what? There's what is certain, double M duty? A certain guy on the internet talks a lot of shit on the Steelers. I know his favorite team is, so I couldn't support them during that time. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so soft. Just so soft. Oh, how come, how come and you, what's wrong with how that? Come, how come we didn't get an update that you're back on the Penguins train, by the way? <laughs> I've been talking about it. I know the last couple of times I've seen you dipping your toes on our side of the That's Hockey Talk, which is the same conversation every, every single time. time. Wow. And you have... You guys have stunk the entire season. No, you are seven one now. Right next worse. to the Pens. Vegas Golden Knights stink. Blackhawks oh, stink. Detroit Red Wings no, no, terrible. No, no, Kick no, them out of the league, no. dog. I agree. And Dallas Stars. I don't even want to fucking talk about it. Yeah. Madonna's not coming they through those doors. No, uh, Tony did change his fandom back to the Penguins after the crack and lost nine straight. Oh, Tony. Oh, Tony. Hey, hey, whatever your reason, Tony, we know that that's yeah, I just you told like. you my full I reason. mean, that's a better reason than the other reason he gave. Yeah, because he didn't even give the person's name of the other reason. He said it. Connor said who it was. Yeah, yeah. He's double M? Yeah, he's yeah. going up against a super genius. He doesn't want to say something and have him picked out Hold on, the du- double brain. M likes the Seattle Kraken? No, 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 no. He hates the Pittsburgh Steelers, so if you hate the Pittsburgh Steelers and your favorite team is the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, I can't I, there was an issue there. <laughs> so what, you guys have resolved this issue? You just I just muted, muted him. him. Yeah. So it's not in your life anymore. Correct. Yeah. So that Double M does have a gripe then with Tone for the muting or yeah. the banning of it. Not from me. I mean, no granted, way. we need to get Double M back on here to talk good Penguins hockey. That needs to happen. Mm. I didn't like there for a bit. You know, he was telling people that we banned them because we don't ban people from no, the show. No, no way. Especially Double M, a guy that I've uh, listened to basically since I was a teenager for a long, long time. Uh, joining us now, is he back? Okay, that would be good to know there. <laughs> well, you probably told me I was in the middle of a rant talking yeah, about the I Red Wings stink. Well, bro. I mean, Tony's from Pittsburgh and doesn't even like his hockey team. That would never happen in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, uh, there's Detroit. a lot of people that quit on the Red Wings, I yeah. assume, yeah. up here in Detroit. Right. Joining us now is a man who's a Stanley Cup champion for the Devils. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Robb. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You got? Is this any better? Yeah. That's great. What you do? Move the other side of the fucking parking lot, Paul? <laughs> I did. I look like I'm frozen again. Oh, all right. See you, Rupper. We'll see you tonight on That's Hockey Talk. (laughs) See you tonight on That's Hockey Talk, Rupper. Good luck, Rupper. All right, Rupper. We'll get to a break. We'll be back on the other side. We got to run around some tweets. Man, I was really looking forward to it. Me too. I know. This show. This show? It's your show. Calling in (laughs) the Rupper. Yeah, let's. Huh? 
Mercedes is fine. Fifty thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. oh, for smacking that guy. Yeah. Tom Pelissero is reporting that Arian says he was trying to prevent a penalty by smacking safety a Andrew Adams in the helmet and elbowing him. Instead, a rare fine from the NFL for a coach's actions with his own player. The Bucks have fined him $50,000 for his actions on Sunday. Okay, that's interesting. Are they going to start looking into like all practice incidents too? Now, granted, him that was egregious. I mean, what he was, was <laughs> and it was on camera, and it was shown in slow motion, mm -hmm. and I. I I love that Andrew Adams like looked at him and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, in that whole situation, be who you can afford to be. There's a lot of coaches in the NFL that could not walk up to their safety and smack them right in the head without potential on-site right there or feel comfortable enough to do that. So I think B.A. and his players probably have a little bit different relationship than most places. I was in a building that B.A. was interim head coach and offensive coordinator of for one year. And the amount of shit he talked to the defense and the shit he talked amongst the locker room was the first time I'd really experienced that with a coach who felt like he was just as competitive or in the same exact mindset as most players playing in the game. So that's kind of B.A.'s entire mantra. But he knows he can't just be smacking people in the fucking head on TV, especially when there's 30 million people watching. Watching, yeah. and it's a playoff game he got excited though almost yeah. blew out his achilles fully in the mm -hmm. middle of that whole thing imagine he blows his achilles out and gets fined 50 grand he won't care because hey that's football baby just won a fucking mm -hmm. super bowl yeah is that why they find that much because they're like man this guy's got a ruptured achilles and he's given this much effort just to smack his own player in what the would head? he have done if his achilles was fully intact oh my that's what yeah. the nfl is acting or asking that makes sense then because before that i got a problem with it Maybe chopped his spinal cord. You don't like it because the players should have. Uh, you no, think? I it, mean, the coach was trying to help his team win. Yeah, that's coaching. Let the, I mean, it's football. We were just talking guys, about. Guys it. I mean, it was on. quite a guys I mean, wearing a helmet. I agree, and there's actually a trend. I guess I saw Sports Center tweeted. Sports Center has become just a clips account on Instagram. By the way. pretty good, pretty good clips account. Uh -huh. yeah. Shout out to Omar running it. But there's a game where uh, a bunch of it was like a trend or something. And I'm not on the TikTok, so it might be over there. And this might be, you know, old man on front yard. But you put a helmet down, you sit, you sit down, and yes. there's like five people, and people are just smacking the helmet, and mm -hmm. the person has to guess who smacked them. And if they guess the person right, that person puts on the helmet, and then around, around, around mm -hmm. we go, smacking people right in the fucking head or whatever. Sure. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, there is a helmet and a layer of protection, and it is barehanded, but I don't think an NFL coach should be publicly smacking, privately or publicly smacking a player, which is probably what the NFL is saying in this. $50,000 seems to be a lot. I mean, he's... Oh, yeah. There's a shoulder shove he should have, he could have done. Mm -hmm. Exactly. A shoulder shove could have done the entire thing. I think him going to the head is probably why it is thing, and the NFL is saying, hey, this... It's 2022. Targeting. We are not doing it. <laughs> yeah. so if this guy gets CTE because of you mm -hmm. punching him in the middle of this thing and we have to pay a lawsuit, it can't happen. So I think it's a precedent setter from the NFL. And B.A. knows he can't be giving left fucking crosses to a guy's helmet in the middle of a goddamn game. My distinction is if he came off the field and like it was a penalty and he smacked him that hard in the helmet, then I wouldn't be okay with it. But it was kind of like during the middle of the play, during the heat, like get away from the – so you don't get a penalty, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's just a shot to the head. I yeah. think I mean, if it's a shoulder pad, I don't think it's a big deal. If he grabs him up, I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, depending upon how the player reacts, by the way. Because if the player goes into a press conference afterwards and goes, uh, I cannot believe that the coach was allowed to do what he did to me, then it's an entire thing. Andrew Adams didn't do that, obviously. Impossible to do that, I think, 
because it is your coach. It is a playoffs. Yeah. It is Bruce Arians. You are the Super Bowl champions. There's a lot of eyes on you. And Andrew Adams probably didn't even give a what Bruce is wild, dude. You see him? Yeah. <laughs> he hit me in the fucking head. He hits him in the shoulder. I don't think it's a big deal, but this is the NFL definitely saying this shit. We can't do this. Anymore. It happening right after Antonio Brown's whole thing, though. Like, what if that guy did actually, you know, do the whole throw his pads, go up to the podium after the game and, you know, kind of go on a little bit of a run there. I mean, it definitely shows you that the players at least like him because he didn't turn around and smack B.A. in the face. But. So, and that's a very difficult spot for Andrew Adams. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of just have to take it, which is another thing the NFL probably said. You are in a position of power. Right. In which Andrew Adams cannot tell you to go fuck yourself because you were making decisions and this can't become a norm around yeah. the NFL. I do like see old man still got a little fire, oh, a little yeah. juice, a little juice in there. Little ju- him left cross with the open hand. Mm, you see his right hand too. Fucking, he was coming in too. He might be in that Oculus. <laughs> yeah, because he can't seriously. move. You know, mm-hmm. so he's probably just got the stationary. He's probably just in there boxing. <laughs> Host of the Coaches Up Chuck segment every Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, head coach Chuck Pagano. Hey, oh, how's the family, Chuck? How's the family? The family's good. Uh, yeah, Gabagool pretty good over there, huh? How about you and your Italian rhetoric? And your, I mean, when you go off and, and Tone, Tone Diggs just getting upset, I mean... What are we doing? No, 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 I'm Italian, I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, 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 Thank you, Chuck. I, no, no, I used to do this, okay? You Wasn't allowed to. You just did it. No, but now I'm Italian. I took a 23 and me. <laughs> I took a 23 and me. They told me I was Italian. Listen, when I was doing this as a kid, okay, wasn't right. I probably, Highly offensive. Yeah, but I was Italian when I was doing it then, too. I just didn't know it at the time. Exactly. So I guess the intent was potentially to be a little bit rude. But now it's just, I'm Italian. That's how we talk, Chuck. Hey. hey. You're probably, I think you're probably more, according to 23 and me, you're more Italian than I am. No. Well, really? You think that's all yeah. fugazi? You think it's all fugazi, huh? Fugazolinis. Whoa. Oh, that's unbelievable. Oh, uh, Chuck, let's get into another fellow Italian like you and me, you know. Um, obviously not AJ. He has huh. no idea about rhythm. No, I would never claim Loser. to be something I'm not like you are doing. Oh, Whoa. Oh, just disrespectful to Chuck and the Italians. Oh, you're not back uh, in science. Huh? You don't understand. I mean, you have science. No Fauci science, didn't he, Connor? What's that? What, we're what, we're what, talking about. What, 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 what do we do? What do we do? Listen, we got to get past that, Chuck. Sorry, trying to get Connor involved. Hey, listen, we got to keep the blinders. Okay, we got to keep this thing going here. Chuck Richie Bisacci is getting interviewed by the Raiders. Um... Ten weeks he was the head coach. They saw him in meetings. They saw him in practices. They saw his messaging. They got a chance to see it. Now, Mayock's gone, obviously. So he was probably a little bit more around day-to-day than Davis was. Do you think this is just showcasing to the players and the, uh, the fans, like, hey, we're giving him a shot? Or do you think Richie has a chance to really keep that job? Because it feels like everybody loves him over there, Chuck. Yeah, everything uh, you're hearing out of there sure uh, seems to lean, uh, you know, towards Rich. And sometimes that can that can be good, and sometimes that can be – you know, the owner of Mark could take that as, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. And he's getting, you know, all the players and everybody in the building and, you know, uh, everybody that knows Rich has probably reached out, you know, on his behalf. But I think he's, you know, more than earned uh, an opportunity, uh, you know, to be the head football coach there. I mean, navigating um, the waters that he navigated uh, through the, you know, course of all the circumstances that happened there with John being let go and then, Henry, Henry Ruggs situation, and um, he's just done a phenomenal job. And, yeah, you hear a bunch of the players, you know, Max Crosby, I think, was the last one uh, that I read uh, come out on, on Rich's behalf. Um, you know, he's a 
Remember, Mayock's not there anymore, but remember Mike said, this is probably the best leader I've been, when he first had, he said, this is one of the best leaders I've ever been around, leaders of men. And I think that's where everybody's missing the boat on these things, because you can hire offensive guys, defensive guys, best teams guy, but at the forefront, face your franchise, I mean, you need a leader of men, a guy that can, you know, obviously, you know, lead that locker room and, and motivate guys and get guys to play for them, all that kind of things. And, and that team certainly did, you know, especially especially down the stretch. So I think, you know, Rich has paid his dues in this league for a long, long time. And um, we've seen, you know, guys get opportunities and not do, you know, a third uh, or a quarter of what he's done uh, to earn that, uh, you know, an opportunity to be the head coach there. And I, I think you do a great, great job. And plus, you don't, you know, the turnover – Hire a whole new staff, another offense, another defense, um, pay two staffs. You know, a lot of those guys are under contract for a lot more years. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'd, I'd go down that road. I think they've seen enough there, uh, at least from the outside looking at it. We don't know because we're not, you know, in the building day to day. But you would certainly think that whatever you're hearing and what you saw on tape and what you saw, on, you know, every week, uh, throughout the remainder of that season when he got named the interim, that he's done a hell of a job. So you think the Gabagool is potentially staying over there, huh? Yeah, I mean, you can read into whatever you want to read into, you know, with the Mayock, you know, firing, and then, you know, teams reached out and asked, talked to some different guys and interviewed some different guys. Maybe they're just doing, you know, their due diligence, and, you know, maybe they have to follow the same protocols, you know, as everybody else when you fire a football coach. You know, regardless whether you have an interim or not, you still got to go through a process. Chuck, I don't know if you saw uh, a couple weeks back when Dean Pease, D coordinator for the Falcons, came out and made had a, like a three minute thing talking to the reporters about like paying his dues and it's all about relationships. And yeah, there's all these play callers out there that get hired, but they don't know how to interact with their players and take care of them. And he loves like teaching, coaching everyone one on one day to day. Do you think are we going to see like a swing? Because right now it does seem like. Some people think, oh, this guy's a great play caller. He's going to be a great head coach, and that's not always the case. Like, Are we going to have to find a balance between these play callers and people that are culture builders, like leaders of people? Like, How do you find that fine balance? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and I think you're spot on with it because you know, we've seen some guys get put into these positions that, um, you know, it's one thing if you got – 20-year resume like like Bill Belichick up in New England, and you can kind of be who Bill is, you know, and we all look from the outside in saying, you know, he's, a, you know, do your job. That's their, that's their culture, you know, and you, you play well, you do well, you coach well, you get to stay, and if not, you're, you're out. And, um, you know, the relationship part of it, not necessarily what you know, perception is that it's not there, but, yeah, I, I think you definitely have to have a guy – that can um, relate to these players. You know, you have to be relatable. You have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to, you know, build relationships. More importantly, want to build relationships. Because, again, you can put all the pieces uh, around a guy uh, to help him be successful, players and and assistant coaches. But if you don't have that guy uh, out in front, um, you know, and it's everybody in the organization, you know, they spend time building the whole thing and making everybody feel, you know, important that every one of their jobs and their roles is significant, you know, in the team's success. So I would certainly hope um, to see a shift. You know, everybody, again, when, when Sean, you know, McVay was first hired, 
at 31 years old or whatever. I know he's only, what, 35 years old? Yeah, you know, crazy. He's done, a, he's done a hell of a job. But I think that was kind of like, okay, the model, let's go find, you know, the next Sean McVay. You know, and, and sometimes that's like trying to find a needle, you know, in a haystack, uh, so to speak. But uh, that certainly seems to see, you see the young guys, you see the Zach Taylors, you see Brandon Staley, who's a young guy, um, you know, uh, seems to be a relatable guy, a guy that can communicate, build relationships. Um, but I think a guy like Rich, going back to him, he, he's one of those guys that obviously understands people, knows how to communicate, um, knows how to relate, knows how to, you know, how these young players think uh, today uh, and, you know, how they how they learn. And, um, you know, that's all that's all part of the deal. But I, I think so. Yeah. Italians have always had, you know, and I'm speaking for us here. Yeah, sure. Italians have always had great ties to Las Vegas. That's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, great ties mm -hmm. to Las Vegas. Basaccia leading the Raiders over there would be a glorious thing. We'll keep an eye out for that. There's a lot of conversations about hiring GM and coach at the same time. You're obviously a part of that alongside Grigson the first time, and then when Grigson gets let go, you're around with Chris Ballard. Did Jim Ursay try to sit you guys in a room and say, like, hey, can you get along? How are they doing this? And isn't everybody going to lie just to get the job that they like people? Isn't that like a, a, a pretty difficult thing to not get trapped into doing in those situations. For instance, the Bears right now, uh, they're interviewing for a GM first and then a coach, allegedly. But then B-Flow gets announced before any GMs. It's just, you know, who knows what's real. And then everybody's talking about them sitting in the same room. How do you figure that out? And did you guys do that uh, when Chris Ballard, did you and Chris Ballard do that after you were already a head coach for some years and he was coming in? And how did Jim Irsay view that? Does he just have a camera on it? Like, how does that whole thing work? Yeah, so like when I interviewed you know, at Indy, it was, you know, Ryan had reached out and, you know, it was Jim, you know, for the first hour and Ryan was sitting in there and then Ryan and I spent time together. Uh, but as you know, Jim did most of the talking in that first hour, hour and a half, you know, and, um, you know, which was, which was phenomenal, uh, you know, and then, um, you know, Ryan and I had a, a chance to talk and then Pete Ward, Dan Emerson and, and so forth. And I was, I was out of there, but I think the blueprint is kind of like, you know, Jim always talked about the three pillars, the owner, the GM, and the head coach. That's that's the three pillars and, and that connection and how, uh, you know, every, every, you know, especially the head coach and GM got to be in lockstep. So most of the power is kind of like owner and then the GM and then the head coach. And I think more times than not, there's usually a GM in place. You know, and he does, along with the owner, uh, the interview process and whoever else they've enlisted. Um, you know, you see Bill Polian, you know, helping out, you know, in Chicago. So they're going to get some old heads and the same list. Everybody has the same list, but usually it was GM in place. And then he goes through the interview process uh, with the head coaches. And then I think during that whole process, you know, it's a feeling out thing. You know, when I after after I was out in '18, I got to interview at Green Bay uh, before they hired Lafleur, and then I got to interview, um, you know, with the Broncos, you know, for the for head job there. And so there's a feeling out, you know, portion there. So, you know, I think they have more guys in the room now, you know, where you got a player engagement guy, maybe in the room, a VP of, of diversity and inclusion. So you got a bunch of different people in the room that. Once the interview's over and the head coach leaves the building, then they can circle the wagons and get together and say, hey, 
you know, personality-wise, like, I can't get along with that dude. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching this guy. He's a good football coach, but I just don't think our personalities, you know, are going to map. Or it's going to be like, you know, one guy is, is going to pop and, and maybe the other guys pop a little bit. But, like, you know, they'll get information from all those different things and see, okay, this guy, this guy's a fit. This guy is the exact opposite of what we just had and why things were so screwed up. You know, he's got, you know, the character traits we're looking for, the football acumen, the football IQ. Um, uh, you know, he's got empathy. He can relate to people. He relate everybody on this deal. So they're going to get together, and the owner can be in on those, obviously, and, and see the communication uh, between the the uh, you know the GM and the head coach and, and then they'll they'll go from there. How about whenever Ballard came in because you're already there. Ballard's going to be your boss, kinda. He's going to be the one that is a little bit higher than you in the uh, power tree. There, did Jim say, "Hey, you got to get along with"? I mean, Chris is a guy that I think everybody gets along with. But was it like a message, like, "Hey, this is going to be the guy," or was your thoughts or inputs even a part of that conversation? And what would have happened if Chris Ballard shows up and he just dunks on you? every single day of your life like it, that had to be at least a thought it for a moment i'd assume no that was that was easy easy transition just for the you know things you just talked about because you know he is a, a relatable guy he, he doesn't have an uh, an ego you know he came in and all he did was you know want to try to give us everything that he possibly could to help us help us win and, and navigate through the things that we had to navigate you know never having a quarterback uh but that, those conversations were really good. You know, they brought in like uh, probably four or five, like everybody else, a bunch of candidates. George Payton, who's now uh, with the Broncos, he was one of the guys that, that Indy interviewed back during that process. And so I got to sit down with these guys. And I think I was actually maybe at the Senior Bowl um, with uh, Jimmy Ray was uh, the assistant GM there. Um, during Ryan's tenure, we were down at the Senior Bowl, and, and I think Chris and I got got on the phone and had had a conversation. And then I think when I went back to the building, we had another conversation. But no, that was um, that was easy. That was an easy transition, you know, uh, with him coming in there. Um, you know, he's an over communicator, so he's around. You know, he, he he's around, so he loves talking to coaches. He's a former coach. You know, that's where he, he cut his teeth was was in coaching, you know, as a player, obviously, and then coach. So he gets it and he understands it. So that that was a that was an easy transition. I'm not going to say all of them, you know, work out, um, you know, to and, and the writing was probably on the wall. Uh, you know, when he came in there, I was in year six of my deal and whatnot. And <laughs> just went south. And, you know, you know, much like 11, the reason I got interviewed and had a chance at the job, you know, Jimmy Caldwell, who you guys have been talking about a lot, you know, especially in this next cycle of, uh, of jobs and coaches, you know, he was a really good coach when, when Peyton was under center, you know, and, you know, just like myself, everybody thought I was a pretty good coach when Andrew was a quarterback. <laughs> you, know, you know, you, you know, I think we all know, and we've talked about it ad nauseum that, you know, most important piece is, is that quarterback. And, and when you don't have one, it's really, really hard.
I'm, I'm happy to hear that about Chris. And at least you had those conversations because there's a lot of places trying to figure that out right now where the head coach and the GM position is open. And that's not easy. I mean, people try to put together in all walks of life, whether it's like board members or shows, try to just throw people together and like, yeah, just fucking make it work. You're both good. But there's a human element to that thing as well if you really want to succeed. And I feel like some teams get caught in a cycle of not worrying about that. They're just thinking of the X and O's. And it's like, nah, people have to be able to come together and work. I'm excited and thankful for you sharing your experience for that. We're talking to Chuck Pagano, former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, defense coordinator for the Bears, the Ravens, I think Browns, he what? was at the U, what? coach what? of Wyoming. What? He was a fucking hard-hitting safety team. Oh, I bet. Hey, he was packing his lunch every single time he got in there. Um, Chuck, whenever you think about some of these you know, coaching experts. For instance, Cliff Kingsbury. Let's talk about Cliff. Cliff is one of these young coaches who uh, I think we all enjoy. I think we all think is incredibly cool. He got a position that none of us thought he would get, especially after his career at Texas Tech. He's a U, uh, USC offense coordinator. Then, holy shit, you're the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He buys a drug lord's house in Arizona. Uh-huh. He's the coolest looking guy of all time. He's got Kyler Murray. They weren't great. And then they get better and better. And then towards the back half of the season, it seems like they don't have as much success. What can you attribute that to? Do you think this is just growing pains and that they're going to be great in the future? Or do you think there's really something to like defensive coordinators and teams figuring out what you got? And that's why later in the year, it's a lot harder to play football. No, I, I think absolutely. They, they figure out, especially within the, within your division, you know, playing twice, twice a year. But um, yeah, I mean, he's done a great job. You know, you look at it, the records improved, you know, every, every year, you know, since he's been there. Uh, and they've had this this fall off, and um, we talked a little bit about it. And I, you know, listened to Aaron's comments a little bit about, you know, he talked about, you know, a, a belief, you know, a, a team getting hot, you know, this time of year, um, injuries. There's so many things that can that can factor in. Um, just going back to you know schematics, them figuring figuring you out. You lose a, a guy like D Hop. You know, a, a major playmaker. Um, you wouldn't expect to have the kind of drop off um, that maybe that they experienced, but um, he he's won, and he's won you know more games every single year he's been there. Um, so this one, this next one coming up, you know, obviously will be huge because uh, they have to get over the they have to get over that hump and. Uh, just like Matthew Stafford winning, you know, his first playoff. Hey, boy, Matty! Hey, nice job, Stafford. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that uh, that can factor in. But, again, you know, staying healthy, having confidence, hitting your stride, you know, right when you need to. Uh, Green Bay getting guys back, you know, healthy, you know, on defense, getting Bakhtiar, all those things. So, arrow up, everything's trending that way. And then, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, experience in the league too and figuring out because they're going to have to look at it because this has been following him for a long time all the way from texas tech you know go back to 2013 or whatever you know where every every single year it happened you know at texas tech and you know same things happen here so you would think hey look okay there's got to be something uh something in common here with all these seasons with maybe what we're doing you know not only schematic but practice wise um, meeting vibe wise, vibe wise, narrative wise, like all that shit, right? I mean, that all kind of comes into play late whenever you're dealing with like a Groundhog's Day type season. No, yeah, no doubt about it. And again, it's like Aaron mentioned the mental toughness. I mean, it's a grind, and it's a grind for a coach, uh, just as well as is for players. You know, because uh, you get you get worn down, and those guys that 
you know, have the metal and the DNA that, you know, Aaron was talking about and we all know, they can, they can power through that stuff. And, and again, they got enough veteran leadership to help the young guys, you know, get through that. But Oh, you done? Oh, no. oh. You're there, right? You're still there, Chuck? You're still there. You look yeah. good. You got oh, me. Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I want to ask you, you, you said you interviewed for the Green Bay job. How did you feel coming out of that? Did you say, oh, I killed it. I'm definitely getting this <laughs> one. Or did you feel like it didn't go well? And also, how did that differ from your the interview process for Indy? Like, I'm, I'm curious how different teams interview people. Jim Ursay, the powerlifting god mm -hmm. owner yeah. for the Colts, much different than Mark Murphy and everybody that's up there that's doing that interview, we'd assume? No, it was it was good. Uh, you know, it was Mark and and, and Goody, uh, Goody Kunst, you know, and uh, yeah. So it, it it went well. It was it was way different. You know, it was like I'd say. Okay, Aaron Rodgers was you know at the forefront of that meeting. You know, and it was like, okay, what's the plan? Because you got to have. We talked about this before, but if, when you go into the uh, these interviews. You know, one of the major things and I, uh, I forgot to mention it last time we talked is having a list of guys, you know, and you, probably three or four names deep, you know, especially at the coordinator's position. But one of the top things was, OK, offensively, who, who are you thinking about? Who do you got in mind as an offensive potential offensive coordinator? You know, and what's your thoughts, you know, on the quarterback? You know, what's your thoughts on, on the roster? So you have to know, you know, the roster, not only Aaron inside and out, um, but the roster, and then give them an idea, okay, this is what – I can get this guy as the Stop. OC. How are these coaches doing this while their season's still going on? That seems like a lot of – you know? I don't – I don't know. I was texting, you know, uh, a buddy down in Tampa, Joey Gilbert, you know, and um, and I was like, just holy crap i mean that would be for myself i couldn't do it you know and those guys are you know those guys get in the office at 4 a.m in the morning 4 30 in the morning you know i think they work harder than boomer i know we ain't nobody got yeah. one of these this w's for work yeah. and this is boomer's title pal <laughs> oh yeah right you know but but those guys, those guys were, I think it would be, you know, everybody's going to say it's a distraction, especially if you don't play well and something goes bad, you know, because you're going. But everybody understands, and B.A. has done a great job, you know, um, with the hiring process and putting guys in position, you know, to be successful, you know, and he's going to champion those guys' cause, and they're going to get their work done. And at the same time, you know, Todd's already been there. Todd's already done it. He's been a head coach. So he's got, you know, kind of his blueprint on how he's going to go in. So, you know, uh, that thing needs to be reshaped and curtailed to the team you're talking to. But um, you know, those guys will be able to get that get that done. But I, I would just hate the distraction for me would be too much. Hey, how do you feel about B.A. giving a left cross to old Andrew yeah, Adams' stern. head there? He hits him in the shoulder. <laughs> I don't think it's a problem. The head shot in slow motion in a blowout of a game, and they find him $50,000. He said, I was just trying to save my team. All right, I'm just uh -huh. trying to save my team. And there's some people, by the way, that aren't fans of this. Like, hey, the player had no problem with it. Andrew Adams did not come out or come after him any time like that. Let him coach his team however he's got to coach. But this is the NFL saying, hey, we can't have fucking coaches giving jabs to helmets to players in 2022. Do you think that's the case? And how do you feel Andrew Adams and BA are right now about this entire situation? I didn't. I didn't see the. Uh, I just read about it, and I didn't see the blow. 
Was it a was it a major blow? It was. He gave yeah. a good. I mean, he's got a torn Achilles, partially torn Achilles, yeah. so he's not, he doesn't have a good base under him at all. But it was. It looked. He looked mad when mm-hmm. he gave it. But it wasn't. It was. I mean, a, would you guys would it look as bad as like in the old days? You know, when a player would come off on the sideline and coach would grab your face mask and shake you by the face mask or whatever. Did it fall under those? You know, because I'm looking at it saying fifty thousand dollars for hitting his own guy. You know, and was it a love tap? Was it? I know he's talking about getting him off the pile and not getting a penalty. I didn't. I didn't see it, so I don't know how bad. For the Bucks, it was. though, Chuck. Do you think the Bucks are just trying to get out in front of it because so the NFL doesn't come in and try to find the team or, or Bruce? Could be. Is that yeah, who the fine is? The fine from the Bucks. That's like from, from the Bucks. Self self reporting, like in college, you know, with the yeah. NCAA, you, you self report and we you that. think you know the penalties aren't going to be as bad, and then they give you three years probation and. 31 scholarships because you self-reported and that one very good idea you know <laughs> <laughs> hey listen we got it all figured out we did our own investigation we're gonna listen we'll ban ourselves from any bowl games this year i mean that's a lot of money we the kids don't deserve it but we definitely fucked up you know we did the research so thank you so much ncaa and they go oh you're banning for one year huh we were thinking the next 10 <laughs> that's what we were thinking actually good call for you this is the shot here so i mean I mean, it's a strong left cross. They put it in slow-mo, too, which makes it look even more because his face was, like, angry, Kurt, like, actually angry. If he hits him in the shoulder, not a problem, I think, from the NFL or from the Bucks. But I think, yeah, what an interesting thing. It, just another, was, there, was there a reaction from the kid? He looked. Yeah. I mean, he just, like, looked like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was like one of, trying to figure out where it came from, right? And it, yeah. Like, just that was the head cut. That's VA hitting me. Don't you have a fucking Achilles right now? What are you, <laughs> what are you even doing there? Uh, the boys have some questions, and before we get to that, uh, I wanted to ask you this earlier, and I forgot about it. And we went to a different conversation piece. A lot of rumors around here and hearsay and conversation that you know Jim Irsay isn't exactly thrilled that Carson Wentz and how this whole thing ended. You know, and there's 15 million dollars guaranteed for Carson Wentz next year, but the salary cap's like 200 and some million. They're going to have room. They could move on. They've done it before. They paid Jacoby and Phil, I think, 25 million dollars each at one point mm-hmm. because of how good that roster is. It's not acceptable for that Colts team not to make the playoffs. And Jim Irsay very much believes that as well. What do you think the process of that will be? And you talked about earlier jim caldwell got fired after one bad year and peyton manning didn't have a neck and wasn't able to play he was a, he had us undefeated just a couple years before that to the super bowl smooth transition after tony dungy leaves jim caldwell was a great coach for us one bad year jim's like hey we got to kind of change the entire organization almost like we're getting a new quarterback it's a new era we're going to do this then obviously moves on for you brings in frank reich after the josh mcdaniels thing do you think jim mercy is a guy that'll cut ties because of something like this and do you think carson wentz is potentially no longer a colt and just in you not from who you've talked to but just outside looking in, knowing that organization a lot better than most other people would. Hey, look, you know, Jim loves to win, you know, and, and he's talked about winning multiple, you know, Super Bowls, you know, this decade. So uh, I think anything's on the table, you know, and, and certainly I don't think all of this falls on one player. We agree. You know, and, you know, because there's a lot of other areas that it, it was my belief that, based on all the talk going into that game, that, that they were done before they even stepped on the field. You know, that, hey, we haven't won down there since 2000, and it got just blown up to where those guys, so the first bad thing that happened, it was like, oh, here we go again. But Jim loves to win. So I think they'll do um, anything and everything to, in, to ensure that. They do have a great roster. They built a great roster. They've got a bunch of great players. 
Carson did some really good things for that ball club uh, this season. Unfortunately, you know, playing that position, you know, you get all the credit when you do really well and you get all the blame uh, when you when you don't play well and you do bad and you turn the ball over, whatever. Um, so the money is the money. They gave up, you know, first and a third, you know, for this guy. Um, you know, I can't see them, you know, just making a knee-jerk reaction. Um, the door was left open, if you listen to the comments, you know, on Chris's, you know, presser, I think the door uh, was left open for, for anything. Um, but, you know, I can't, I can't see, based on Frank's relationship with that kid and, you know, everything they gave up to get him, that they're not going to at least try to get to year two. And, and you know, you can say, look, you know, Frank and, you know, Carson were together before. There shouldn't be this, you know, timetable of, you know, I need a couple of years in the system, but everything's different. The players are different. He's not thrown to the same receivers, the chemistry of the team, all that stuff, you know, uh, it, it takes time. So they've done too many good things to me for right, right now to say, because then who are you, who, who you going to go get? Well, so yeah. let's bring Aaron Rodgers in for sure. And, and Carson, hey, let's come back better next year. There you go, throw on that Bobcat, toast some land, do your thing. Can't wait to see you next year, man. You're going to be great. But I'll tell you what, there's going to be a lot of Colts fans. If he starts fucking up again early, they're going to be like, oh, Chris is going to have to eat that. You know, yeah. Chris Chris will have to eat that. Jim will have to eat that. Jim's out and about, too. The Jim Irsay collection is out doing shows and oh, things. Yeah. I mean, he hears it now, I think, a lot more than ever before. Uh, but it is an interesting year going in. And maybe Aaron Rodgers, you know. Ooh. I win a Super Bowl for the Packers. Maybe Russell. Maybe going over to Indiana. Oh. Maybe Russell Wilson. Oh, come on. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger. Oh. Ben Roethlisberger, maybe. maybe. Those two ain't leaving. Those guys ain't leaving. Who? Aaron Rodgers and Russ. Hell yeah. Whoa. Tell them, Chuck. Now, listen, I don't think Aaron's leaving either, but I do love stoking the flame a little bit mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. people get all pissed off on the internet. And I don't think Russell Wilson will, but last year it seemed like he was getting close, didn't it? I mean, it felt like he was out. Well, I mean, he wanted just to ruffle the feathers just enough, you know, uh, whatever, you know, based on what he said throughout the whole offseason. Well, I team mean, three. Maybe, huh? It was team three. It wasn't Russell. Remember, it was his social media advisor and mm-hmm. then his his publicist and then his uh, Peloton guru yeah. his and chaplain, then his upper body, his chaplain, his past. Yeah, the photographer. Well, that's, the, that's the problem, you know. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, we always talk to players about keeping things simple and you know your circle's got to be really tight his circle's way too big you know get some of these guys out of your circle and just focus on what you need to focus on you know and that's that's winning football games and you know we know he rehabs 19 hours plus yeah he's a wolverine right right. i love russell i honestly do and the manning cast made me love him even more i think but the off-season fuckery is something that should be talked about because he is a high-level quarterback, Super Bowl-winning quarterback. His team releasing anonymous quotes about Russell storming out of meetings and Pete being mad and all that stuff. Like, that was real shit that was happening last year. It's the Seahawks. They figured it out. Congrats to them. But that's only going to get louder after the year that they had this offseason. And you don't think anybody's going to move, huh? Just because all that shit is normally hyped, overhyped, do you think? Like, free agency is normally overhyped. All trades are going to happen. These people are going to move, and it never happens in the NFL. Why is that, you think? Well, it's that whole grass is greener. We all think the grass is greener, you know, on the other side of the fence. And, you know, sometimes you just, you know, things are going so good for, for so long and, and – um, all of a sudden you hit a little adversity and, and you want to just run run for the hills when it's just time to hunker in and get a couple new pieces here and there. But um, those guys have so much invested, 
in, the, in those two cities. You know, can you imagine, like, Peyton Steele was, was a neck injury, and it was just Andrew Luck was sitting there. Jim was scared to death for this kid's health and his safety. He's like a son to him, 14 years there, you know, and, and he cared so much about the guy. But, you know, that's one story, you know, where we have a million train wrecks of, of guys moving on, you know, Montana, you know, whatever. And, 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 you know, you can go back in history and see some of those moves. But those guys are beloved in those cities, and they've given so much to those franchises that – why would you want to? Why would you want to change that? And and do you really have a chance of going to another place? And you know, when do they have all the pieces to win a Super Bowl and the, the cap space and mm-hmm. players? I mean, I'm not rolling the. I don't want to be a guy. I don't want to be a guy who says, "Hey, Chuck, Tom Brady just goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers." They basically give him roster control, something that he's been wanting a little bit more say, allegedly from the outside looking in. And a lot of people in same circles you and I talk with have mentioned something to me that is real they think what happened with tom down in tampa bay q grand canier land down there that is potentially what spurred russell to be like i should have more say in what's going on and we should have more weapons and we should have a team that's going all in which might have you know trickled over to green bay maybe even to houston with deshaun watson like i think the tom brady effect is what all these other guys that are in that um pantheon of quarterbacks in NFL history up there that are like, oh, we see it work there. But what you're pointing out is there is a lot of other situations where the the grass is only greener where you water it, pal, and it might not be as fresh as you think of it. That's what you're trying to point out, huh? It could go bad, even though the Tom thing has seemingly gone well. Well, you know, there's there's only a couple, you know, BAs out there, you know, in situations that worked out just, you know, where, hey, I want to bring Alex. It's Guerrero, right? Yeah. And he's got to have full access to the facility. I got to have him. Fine. We'll build you a whole different annex, uh, you know, your own training room for you and that, whatever. Okay, we're good there. You know, and then, you know, I think there's direct flights from Tampa, you know, over water and go go to Brazil or wherever. Oh, you know? is there? I didn't know Tampa International was set up like that. Is that why you met with Jeter and Gates and the uh, owner of the Lightning? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Hey, so we, need, we need all this. Happy, happy wife, happy life. You know, straight shots for you know. Yeah, so there's a lot special. of things that you know, and that's and that's the you know, it's the alien, the the number one alien of all aliens, Tom Brady, that oh. <laughs> made that. And I know those other two are great players and Hall of Fame players and this, that, and the other, but. That guy's got six world championships and now seven. So wow, we heard earlier that yeah. last year's Super Bowl was fake. That's Doesn't right. count. We had somebody that had boots on the ground. Colleen Wolf boots on the ground. She said it was a fake Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it counts. Doesn't. Well, no. <laughs> I'd take the ring immediately like that. Actually, mm-hmm. I, would, I would take the ring immediately. Fake Super Bowl, real Super Bowl. Is it big? Is it shiny? Is it on my pinky? Fuck off. Go ahead, Ty. <laughs> Coach, when you look at Dallas, and it's possible that both Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore are gone last year, how hard would that be as a head coach, especially a guy like McCarthy who's kind of like a figurehead, and these guys are both, they have their expertise. Like, How how difficult would it be to replace both your offensive and defensive coordinator in an offseason, and would you expect them to have some no regression next Kellen year? No way Moore gets ahead. You would think, Can't. but, I mean, people love him. Nope, Big Mike didn't. He called that play. You know, Callen called the plays all year long, but Big Mike called that one. Okay. Well, that's smart. That's good angling for a head coaching job if you're yeah. Kellen Moore. Anonymous yeah. sources say Big Mike called the play. Yeah. You don't get a job. There's no way Kellen Moore gets a job this year. People love the McVay, the young, hotshot offensive mind. That's Kellen Moore to a T. 
Go ahead. To answer Ty's question, Thank are you, we, we going to get to that one? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, so, <laughs> sorry about no, that. No, I think it'd be ex- it's extremely hard because continuity is, is everything. <laughs> you know, and, and the job that Dan Quinn's done there and, and the job that Kellen Moore, you look at the numbers, having to replace, nobody wants to replace guys. Because you get comfortable, you know the coordinator, you know, uh, you know what you're doing on defense, what you're doing on offense, and so if you are, fit, you don't want to have to go through that whole process of, because they're hard to find. Let's be honest. I mean, the really good coaches, you know, whether they're head coaches or they're coordinators, uh, position coaches, they're not available. They're on the they're on the street, and so the only way these teams, there's eight jobs open right now. So the only way they, they get one of these guys is is they go after them and, and hire them as their as their head coach, you know. But you don't you don't want to replace guys. You, like, you know, BA, we were gonna. I, I swear, with Andrew and BA after year one, Pat. Yeah. You know, if if he sits around and doesn't get Arizona. We're going to win. We would have hoisted a trophy. How do you keep him, though? This is a situation that, you know, we got uh, the. It's, it's the same thing. You say, okay, here's a commitment. So, but there's only 32 of those jobs. So if Kellen Moore gets offered one or Dan Quinn gets offered one, you know, it's almost like you have to, you have to take it. Now, Dan's already been there and done that. So, so he doesn't have to. Kellen, on the other hand, he's a young guy saying, man, this might be my only shot. I probably got to do this, but but Jerry, you know, these guys got enough money where they can go to him and say, hey, we're going to pay you head coach money to stay here and be the coordinator on offense or defense, you know, and then, you know, down the road, you know, Big Mike is going to coach another three, four years, or whatever, you're going to be the next dude, you know, to follow him, much like he did with Jason Garrett, you know, years ago. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard to replace those guys, but, you know, unless they go into a situation where, you know, everything lines up perfectly. You talk about the uh, GM head coach deal because there's going to be certain guys that the GM, you know, wants to work with. And he's going to get those those people in there to get interviewed. And then he's probably, along with the, the you know, the owner, going to select that guy that he knows the best. Sometimes that ain't always the, the best thing. But, you know, conversely, you know, those guys go on an interview. Um, they may sit down and, and, you know, say, you know what, this is probably a situation that, you know, the roster, um, the cap, you know, the GM, the philosophy on how to build a roster, the culture, all those things, they may not, they might just not mesh. You know, it might just not be my time. Whatever happened with McDaniels, you know, in Indy, you know, at the, at the last minute, you know, right when you, you know, he left Balor at the altar, you know, so to speak, you know, who knows what went down there other than, you know, Kraft and, and Bill might have thrown a bunch of extra cash at him. And, and paying him five, six million a year, you know, to be the coordinator up there. And he's like, okay, so I can make this kind of money. You know, we're going to win. I got a great player, whatever. Um, and I don't have to be the head coach. And I don't have to, you know, wear all those hats and move. Do the you don't have to move. You, you don't have to get back comfortable. You don't have to rebuild an entire culture. I mean, there's a lot of work into being a head coach. That's why, like, if Dan Quinn was to leave, his life has to be so much better now. Oh, this yeah. year mm-hmm. had to be so much better now than it was in Atlanta. And you got to experience that. Whenever you go to D.C., you're back coaching. You're back in the game plan. You're back in the strategy. Not all the bullshit. Could you see Dan Quinn being like, nah, I love this, what I'm doing? 
happen right now. I got backwards hat on. Mm-hmm. We got guys getting pits. I got Michael Parsons here. Mm-hmm. I'm in Dallas. We have obviously the greatest facilities in the world. Diggs. We have everybody. Like, do you see that potentially being a decision? And how come more guys don't do it? Just because you have to, you feel obligated almost to take one of those head coaching roles? Well, he because he's already been there and he's already done it. Uh, you know, in Atlanta and had success and took a team to the Super Bowl and things didn't end the way that he wanted them in. But he can be very, very selective because he's sitting in a, a catbird seat right now. I mean, um, all these, you know, he's a highly coveted dude, but he gets an opportunity to take a peek, check the landscape, check out a few different facilities, uh, look at rosters, all those things we just talked about. But he can be very selective right now. And the thing is, too, the, the windows for these deals. We got a hard out. No, I was talking about Dan Quinn taking a peek at these places and going, "That place stinks." No, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that place stinks. That place so, stinks. Um, no, he can be he can be very very selective. And I will say this: the window for these opportunities sometimes, you know, is open and then it closes really fast. You know, based on you know the success of your team. You know, because he went in there and they were they were god awful. You know, two years ago under Coach Nolan. You know, for whatever reason. You know, so he goes in there and he turns that thing around. They're sound. They're flying around. They're creating turnovers. You know, they weren't 32nd in the league, but they finished 19th in the league, which is a heck of an improvement. But it isn't like, you know, Vic Fangio at Chicago finishes number one, you know, in defense or Brandon Staley finished one at, at L.A., you know, but. Again, he can he can be very selective and, a and look at a, places. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, uh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, they were definitely better than they were, but 19? Still kind of stuck. Shout out to you, Chuck. How's the family? <laughs> Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Chuck, uh, what do you think about a situation like the Dolphins or the Texans who have a GM, don't have a head coach, so they can kind of either ask their players what they think or what they've heard about possible candidates versus teams like the Bears and the Raiders who are trying to replace both, have a quarterback like Derek Carr who wants a say in the head coach and Justin Fields who's a rookie and if they don't uh, kind of hire within the building and use outside consulting firms do you know how that works and how they go about hiring those consulting firms yeah so there's always been a, uh, a group of guys like the Polians uh, Charlie Casserly you know uh, there's people in the league office that, that have you know have lists uh, of guys and names that uh, kind of are the, the hot you know, hot guys, the hot coordinators, uh, coaches that have been, you know, head coaches in the league and have kind of reinvented themselves like Dan Quinn. Um, you know, talking to players, I think I think those guys can, like in, in Miami, uh, Chris Career, and then, you know, Casario there in, in Houston, I think they can talk to their players. But I, you got to be very careful, you know, unless it's a, a – a veteran guy, like, yeah. do you know, like, they may have had a history with this guy at a different club, you know, so if they're around that guy and they know about him and they're trying to figure some stuff out, you know, that you're not going to find out in an interview, um, you know, talking to whoever, uh, I don't necessarily think I'd go, you know, and enlist, you know, and try to gather a bunch of information from my players on, you know, which one of these guys, you know, this, that, and the other, because, um, you know, when Baltimore made a coaching change, you know, back in 2008 and um, went from Billick, you know, to Harbaugh, you know, it was kind of like, hey, we need discipline. You know, we're to this, we're to that. Billick won a Super Bowl, right? And then we, we want to get to something different, you know, and then, you know, 
you get in there and then you got discipline, you got, you know, hard, you know, double days, you got this, you got that. And it's like, shit, be careful what you, you wish for, you know, you know, as players and stuff. So you can listen to those guys and say, we need this. And all of a sudden they get it. They don't like that shit because of whatever reason. But, um, I think it's a little bit easier when you got a GM in place now trying to, you know, figure out the whole thing, uh, get the GM in place and the head coach, uh, that'll, that'll take, uh, it takes a little bit more time. Um, but, uh, again, I, I talk to those players, just see if they know the guy and is, is he relatable? How's he communicate? What kind of teacher is he? Is he a good person? You know, is he what we see, you know, when he comes in for the interview? Cause Pat, you mentioned it. You know, guys are going to, you're going to get a lot of head bobbing. Hey, yeah, we want, yeah. Well, I have say, well, I have say, you know, in the, uh, in the 53. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have plenty of say. How about the 46 on game day? Do I have say in, in game day? Who's going to set that? Oh, you got that, coach. You know, blah, 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 blah. And then you get to week one and you get to cut downs and you got no say in the 53. <laughs> You know, you're not determining, you know, who's dressing out of the 46, and I think it's 48 now, whatever, but, you know, so. Hey, it's, Chuck. It's, it's, a hard, it's a hard deal. Hey, it is, and a lot of teams get it wrong on a regular basis because there isn't a lot of guys out there that are fantastic. I was very lucky to play for a team that you coach. I'm very lucky to speak with you every single Wednesday. It sounds like Bear is getting a little active over there, so go enjoy the hell out of the family. Who do you think wins this weekend? Let's go through it real quick. Titans, Bengals, who do you got? Uh, I got the Titans. Uh, 49ers, Packers. Packers. Rams, Bucks. Bucks. Bills, Chiefs. Bills. I think we're on the same exact page. Ladies and gentlemen, host of Coach Us Up Chuck Wednesday's Chuck Pagano. Thank you, Chuck. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions. Hey! millions of dollars to their users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel obviously there are so many different ways to win there's more things to bet on their boosts seem to always hit which is just fucking themselves over time and time again uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook and you will too if you haven't used it yet use it nah also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel, shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. They've been somehow on a winner, a winning streak for like 13 months at this point. Yeah. Legit. Last night especially. special. They've been projecting picks into the world, something that the gambling gods have often frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Usually people that go on heaters do not tell anybody they actually have rules. Like, I'll tell you afterwards when I'm picking, when I'm picking. The books know where the sharps are mm -hmm. because they're sharps. <laughs> yeah, they're sharps. <laughs> <laughs> big old sharps. <laughs> 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 Who'd they bet? 
That's what people have been trying to figure out. Yes. And most people don't tell you publicly because they think the gambling gods will punish you or they just want to kind of do it for themselves. These hammer dime cowboys have been telling the world their bets for the last 13 months and have maintained a winning streak that has been absolutely absurd. Shout out to Tone. Shout out to Mitt who's back. But last night, our Canadian sensation mm -hmm. at Bubba Gumpino in college basketball, a sport in which you have no idea what's going to happen. No clue. Because somebody might smack the floor a little bit harder one night yep. and you have no maybe the layups are just falling a little bit better for some teams and maybe there's good fundamental offense happening out of nowhere you don't know what's going to 8-0-1 last night hey what a night you're really finding a groove in that college basketball I'll never be able to watch a game but I love winning from it because of you it's absolute chaos <laughs> absolute fucking chaos it's awesome Syracuse got hot the Bayham boys were wet couldn't miss a shot. I mean, what a night for the lads. Hey, what a night for you and the Hammer Down Cowboys. Hey. Joining us now is a man who I think spent the evening at an Apple store or maybe with the Geek Squad wow. or trying to figure out his own thing. Ladies and gentlemen, a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, and COVID survivor, AJ Hawk. Hey. Hey. hey, you look good, dude. You on Zoom right now? No, this is FaceTime. It looks great, right? Yeah, it does look wow. great. Actually, this is Zoom, I think, because FaceTime actually might be a little bit tough today because I guess 5G's getting yeah. put in and maybe 5G's dunking on LTE or the little lines everywhere. Yeah. Rupper was supposed to join us in the first hour and have hockey conversation. We actually just bought time for about 30 minutes to get Rupper on. We were excited for it. We couldn't hear the fucking word he was saying. It was freezing yeah. up, so we're happy you're here, AJ. Hey, good to be here. And Gump, congrats, man. 8-0-1 and last night just in college basketball? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's mm -hmm. unbelievable. Did you? How much thought goes into all those picks? We're up all night. We're up all night, AJ. Hey, and if you watch tonight on That's Hockey Talk, 8 o'clock at YouTube.com forward slash That's Hockey Talk, you actually get a chance to watch a Gump in the Wild in the Thunderdome because <laughs> he's on the show, he's at his home, but you see him looking at screens... <laughs> Literally on every side of the camera, and yeah. he's like, oh, goal! Yeah. And it's like, how does this guy know? And then literally you see it come across Twitter, and then some basketball dunker, you're like, oh! And it's like, how does he watch everything? That's literally all this dude does. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's amazing. And he's, by the way, we're all benefiting from it. And if you watch Hammer, Dan, you will as well, AJ. Why don't you think about it, pal? I, I have. I haven't sat down and watched from start to finish, but I'm, oh, I'm definitely going to. Gump, I almost went in your apartment. Connor walked us through like your main lobby. We were trying to get out of the uh, <laughs> national championship game. So yeah, I wanted to go up and check it out, Gump. Hey, uh, we, you're always welcome, AJ. Nah, he'll Thank put, you. he'll cut, and then he'll. Don't oh, yeah, worry about no, that. We got exactly. a guest joining us uh, right now. She is a host of the Thursday Night Football kickoff show, I believe, on NFL Network. Also, the weekend Good Morning Football. Friend of the show. She's been on before. Ladies and gentlemen, massive Eagles fan. They're not in any longer, but they showed great promise. Oh, yeah. Great promise. Colleen Wolf. Yeah! Yo! Yo! boys how we doing hey great how are you eagles kind of stink huh might be a brand new team next year jalen hurts <laughs> might be out maybe there's a new quarterback Whoa. sirianni's gonna uh. be laying the manure what, what is life like as an eagles fan right now uh calling Life is tragic. It was it was like watching a tragedy when I was watching the Eagles play the Bucks. Listen, it is uh, Eagles fans have long been known to be reasonable, rational, rational, re like just really straightforward fans. And um, 
Listen, I, I saw a lot of them in Tampa Bay, and they were very upset after the game. And as someone who's related to a ton of Eagles fans, it was no different in uh, my household. So yeah. we're, we're struggling, right? We're on the struggle bus. Well, if it means anything, uh, the team that I pull for, uh, they lost to Klontan. In the last week, and they right. didn't even make it in the playoffs. So, I mean, all NFL fans are a little bit bummed at some point during the season. Now we got four games left. We got eight teams left, Colleen. These games, I mean, 50 million people watched the Cowboys-Niners game last week. I assume the entire globe is going to be watching this weekend. What are you looking forward to the most? And is there any teams that you like better because they treat you and your TV show better than other teams do? <laughs> Right, uh, I am. That's how I select my games. Really. Hey, I do. I'm Packers. I'm yeah. fucking. Hey, you know, I'm a big time Packers fan. I mean, right? yeah, Love absolutely. Packers. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So let's talk about that game actually, because I feel like the thing that I'm really wondering about with that game is the San Francisco injuries and just waiting to see what goes on with Nick Bosa, whether or not they're going to have him back, because. The Packers offensive line, even with David Bakhtiari back, like there are some holes on that line. And if you have Nick Bosa in that game, I think that that could be kind of a game changer. But honestly, Fred Warner is the one that I think is the game changer. And when you look at what he's been able to do, um, just that low-grade ankle sprain, they thought it was a high ankle sprain, so thank God it wasn't that. But getting him back is going to be huge for them. And Jimmy G, now we're hearing about that shoulder being maybe a little bit of an issue too. So I feel like the Packers are are, are in a nice spot here, even though they got to deal with Debo Samuel, which is a whole nother thing. Yeah, you're right. He's Debo, dude. Hey, Colleen, speaking of, of Jimmy Garoppolo, like they're in a weird spot drafting Trey Lance. Let's say Jimmy somehow takes him to the Super Bowl. Like, is there a chance they win the Super Bowl and Jimmy's not their quarterback next year? Well, I think if they win the Super Bowl with Jimmy, then they got to stick with Jimmy. Uh, the thing is, like, if they get rid of Jimmy, who's better out there next year? I mean, you look at this year's draft, and it's a pretty mediocre quarterback class. That and who's going to be involved in free agency that's Carson. better out there? So I think, I mean, are you saying Carson Wentz? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Carson, yeah. Yeah. Carson, Carson, I don't know. Just the rumors that I've heard from different people around the town, <laughs> they're not necessarily thrilled with old Philadelphia Eagle turned Indianapolis Colt Carson Wentz season ending there. So maybe he's, we don't know. We have no idea. $15 million guaranteed. But maybe Russell Wilson, you know, who knows what's going on with him. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, like that. Ben Roethlisberger (laughs) said he ain't going to be a Stealer anymore, but that doesn't mean football's done. Is Uh he going to the XFL? I don't know. He's retired. Yeah, but you're right, though. Who is better out there? This is a a bad year to need a quarterback is what you're saying, yeah? Yeah, and if you if the Niners are able to win the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, there's no way that they should go away from that. And plus, like their bread and butter anyway is the running game. That that's where they get it all done. So they just need someone who can keep the team afloat and not make mistakes and not put that defense in a bad situation. Colleen, do you get yelled at for saying stuff that is maybe negative towards the NFL on uh, on like for instance on your show, Steve Smith? <laughs> yeah. Turned into an absolute fucking savage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, uh-huh. it was awesome to see on the NFL Network because that doesn't normally happen. We all laughed. We enjoyed it. I assume some of the players weren't happy, but it is the NFL. It is the league being represented. But in the same vein, Dan Zeus ranks teams yeah. from the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, what is there like uh-huh. a fine balance there? Is that really not in your nature? Or do you guys hear like, hey, you can't say that the refs stink? Like, is there is there any of that oh. type of stuff? 
I've I've gotten called to the principal's office a few times, uh, and and it's from teams complaining about things that I've said. So we're I'm not a stranger to that at all. But Steve Senior takes it to a whole different level, <laughs> and that's what makes it so much fun. I mean, he you always know exactly where you stand with Steve, and you don't want to be standing in the wrong spot with Steve. Well, he's very humble. And last time he came, yeah. he was actually oh, yeah. a humble Eating pa. Humble uh-huh. yeah, he's yeah, pretty he's good. I think it was cereal. I think it looked <laughs> yeah. like yeah. humble pa. Yeah. He's electrifying. Go ahead, AJ. Sorry about that, pal. Hey, Colleen, I feel like you don't you're not out there just you know tearing organizations down. Like, what are you saying? Like, PR people from a team could reach out. Like, what have you ever said bad about teams though? Um, I've gotten, I've gotten some, some heat from the Jags before, just about some, some jokes I've made. The Titans were very unhappy with me uh, a couple years ago when I had, I'd mentioned something about them not being needed in the playoffs anymore because, uh, they had taken care of the Patriots. So sometimes I say things that it's fair, you know, it's fair, but yeah. Are you surprised sometimes that? Are you surprised sometimes at the like how much attention some of these teams may be paying to to what you're saying? Like little maybe throwaway jokes may upset them. They're, not only that, not only teams, but players too. Oh, yeah. Like I'm surprised by the sensitivity level of players because I'm sure that they hear this all the time on Twitter. And so if I'm saying something, I don't know why they get so upset about it. So it's like, hey, if you're in the spotlight, you kind of got to take the heat and know it's coming. And also, like, uh, why are you so upset about this? I say disrespectful things all the time. Yeah, well, so that's that's classic. <laughs> that's good personality to have, especially coming out of Philadelphia. Hey, yeah, yeah, classic. Uh, yeah. That's just that's yeah, going to happen. You know, Pat knows. Yeah, yeah, Philadelphia, six hours away from Pittsburgh. The, the um, drive, but the um, I think players get pissed because twenty-minute flight. Uh, like 35, depending upon if you're able to get down on the ground quickly enough. But it, And also, on the way over, you know, you got that tailwind. So it's yeah, like, wind. Coming back, a little chop. You got to fight through some chop on the way back there. But some players get pissed off that a narrative is potentially being built about them by people who have prominent voices. So that is, I think, why players... But when, organi- when organizations come and say, like, hey, whenever you said that the playoffs would be better without us, like... We don't need that. Like, is that a Vrabel? There's no way Vrabel. No, couldn't no. be. Because there's. No. Imagine if that PR person told Vrabel that, hey, I want to let you know we did tell Colleen Wolf that her little fucking <laughs> remark. Wow. <laughs> we, we don't need it. And Vrabel's like, uh, get out of here. Like that. You know, there has to be a fine balance there. You have to do your job as well, and you have to call it like like the Jacksonville Jaguars getting upset at you. Like they have. Yeah. Hey. Organization. Why things. don't you worry about the chop house? Bigger you know fish I mean? to fry yeah. over. Why, why don't you you worry about what's going on in your house? I, that is a tough job though because you work for the nfl in their sandbox so you kind of got to play by their rules but you guys do a great job over there we we say the nfl network is by far the best league network and also one i think is only going to continue to grow those studios are awesome go ahead ty colleen what does your weekend look like this weekend getting ready for these games are you guys on location anywhere like can we expect you to maybe do one of the shows from the pirate ship in tampa bay or are you just kind of hunkered down in la what's the deal all right, so last week I was in Tampa Bay, and, you know, it was it was a lot. It was an emotional weekend for me, so I was like, you know what, guys? How about I take this weekend off? I'm going to stay in L.A. I'm going to hold it down here. I'll have Good Morning Football weekend here, and then, like, I get to just chill. But then next weekend, Championship Sunday, I'll be in studio with the whole Game Day Morning gang, Rich Eisen, that whole crew. And so it's all hands on deck next week. Those studios are insane, huh, in L.A.? Oh. 
Oh my God, they are so beautiful. Let me tell you, the lighting in this place, it's like angels are coming down and just like hanging out in the studio with us. It is beautiful, I love it. Well, it is Los Angeles, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. LA, City Angels. Angels might be in there, you know? And I wouldn't be surprised if Roger Goodell did just kind of, you know, take out a rope and just get all the angels. Ooh. Fucking bring them in. Yep. Saddle the horse of saying, get in this. It looks gorgeous. I mean, it looks very, very nice over there. It has to be nice uh, because, you know, the old studios were kind of an interesting, that was kind of an interesting, kind of an interesting thing. You know, I got to be there a couple of times. I was like, oh, this is, this is what the NFL is doing over here. I mean, very nice people, very good people, but I didn't expect that. Then the SoFi Stadium rollout, what is it, like $6 billion or something? Unbelievable. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it sounds like it. It seems like it. I can't wait to watch this weekend. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Colleen, after the Eagles lost, did it help that uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys were in a QB draw on fourth down to basically lose the game? Uh, And also, what do you think is going to happen in Dallas? Do you think there are any big changes coming in the division or no? Uh, Did it help? Absolutely, 100%. It helped. It was a little bit of just a Band-Aid. It just kind of a little something to help me get through the rest of the day. And so I was okay with that. I was okay watching them lose. And now kind of seeing what's going to happen in Dallas because both of their coordinators are up for head coaching jobs. So, yeah, there could be massive changes, I think, there in the division. Dan Quinn has done such a good job. Like, he came in and was able to turn that defense around and obviously bringing in guys like drafting a Micah Parsons. That is only going to help things. You have him to just do whatever job you want him to do. You want him to be a safety. You want him to be a linebacker. You want him to rush from the edge. I mean, whatever. He's got it covered. But I think that Dan Quinn did an awesome job. And then Kellen Moore is obviously up for jobs too. So there could be a lot of changes within Dallas. But they have this team that is so talented right now. And they have all of the pieces you would think to make a run. And then what happened against the Niners, honestly, it was it was sad for them. But for me personally, it just it helped my heart a little bit. Yeah, I think everybody that is not a Cowboys fan loved how that game went. Yep. I mean, Stephen A's reaction, obviously <laughs> – massive huge that's dream come true for the entire offseason but it does feel like that cowboys team always have big names jerry jones always talking spending money doing his thing he has a lot of say in the primetime games and who's playing in primetime and then every year it's just disappointment after disappointment last year that guy picked the dallas cowboys playing yeah. a super bowl yeah right. playing a super bowl that guy. Yeah, starting quarterback went down well, uh, uh, this year, he, you know, he's playing. They did not do it again. But it, every year you get this, like, hype and hope for the Cowboys. I think everybody does. Even people that aren't Cowboys fans. Like, oh, this might actually be the year. And it's not. Nope. It seems like that's uh, the regular. Speaking of Cowboy, Tun Diggs. Colleen, selfish uh, question coming incoming. Okay, you I like are, it. You are in the biz. You are in the know in the NFL. And you are in L.A. How are things going to be when we come out there for Super Bowl week Ooh. on Radio Row? Is L.A. going to be hospitable? Are we going to be able to run around Radio Row? What's going to be going yeah, on? Yeah, Cowboy hats allowed on yeah. gamblers you know, out there. What is, what's it going to be like? I think- I think bring all of the cowboy hats. Thank I mean, you. like whatever you want to do out here, That's you true. can do. Mm-hmm. This is like a, a pick, choose your own adventure type of deal out here in LA. Like we're gonna have to hang out. I'll be down there on Radio Row too. Oh, so hey. it's gonna be a party game. I hope you're ready for it. Uh, Radio Row, do you do you think it's gonna be anything different? Have you heard anything? Because we're getting like secondhand information, and then like the, there's some of this going on. Maybe some of this going on. Uh, obviously, there's going to be fans allowed there, but then there's protocols behind the thing. It seems all kind of 
um, contradict each other, but we don't know shit about fuck. And we're just, you know, trying to figure out if you know anything more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page there. Okay, yeah. um, I also uh, am feeling that, but I can't say it. Uh, I, I think okay. that I last year I was in Tampa for the Super Bowl, and that was obviously like height of pandemic. It was pre-vaccines for everyone, and it was everything was locked down. It was so weird, especially having gone to all of the previous Super Bowls before that, and just seeing just the the sights and the sounds and the and the craziness that goes on around a Super Bowl, and then. It didn't even feel like I was at a Super Bowl. It was like just, oh. I was in Tampa fake Bay, and again, it, it felt like a fake Super Bowl. Not gonna lie. Wow, uh, so, doesn't, doesn't count. It was very weird. Um, but this year, I feel like it'll be somewhere in between, and and I don't know what side it'll skew more towards. And I'm hoping towards some some type of normalcy, but. Who knows? Uh, well, we can't wait to get out there. We can't thank you enough for joining us, Colleen. Always a fantastic conversation, and you crush it on NFL Network every single time. Thank you so much for your time, Colleen. Thank you. Let's shotgun a beer at Radio Row. Hell yeah. Oh, there's a lot of big beers there. What? Maybe a little vodka. What? How about Terramana? What? Is The Rock going to be there? What? How about that Tyrannosaurus Rex that is a replica named Stan? What? We learned that yesterday. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Colleen Wolf. Yeah! Thank you, Colleen. Colleen's, is that a replica? Well, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I do believe, you know, he started following me two days ago. Then yesterday we did an entire <laughs> bit about him yeah. buying a $31.8 million uh, anonymous stand. I could sell one to AJ right now for 14000 You want to have 14000 now? Now to make fourteen five. Fourteen five. Re- I can get a full replica just like Stan? A uh, full just replica, that. I'll give it to you for two fifty. That's one hundred fifty thousand. Does he have one to sell? Two hundred fifty dollars. I'll do it. No, Zito found two of them on the web, on the website that he is claiming as his own, and oh. he's just going to take his money and then buy it for less. It's a, there's a little bit of a fee. Tax him, tax yeah. him, because you yeah. found it. Tax him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Zito hates big museum though. He thinks all dinosaurs are fake. Yes. Right. <laughs> I think it's amazing the Rock is just mocking museums by putting that behind him. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, but he did have to come out and big say deal. that a lot of people thought he potentially because you know he's the Rock, so exactly. he's going to be president someday. So people are like, why is this not in a museum? Why is this yeah, in Yeah, I guess his- it would be a little bit more protected if it was the legit real T-Rex. What's more protected yeah. than the rock That's protecting you? Yeah, come on. Dude. I mean, who's going to protect the Tyrannosaurus Rex? Brock Lesnar in the rock? Yep. Yes. And Nick Cage. I'm Boom. thinking the rock's little. Doesn't the rock have a little kid? I'm thinking a little kid coming. Oh, look at this! This is fun and start throwing rocks at it or something. No. That's what my what? kids do. What's well, a fucking dinosaur, dude? It, my kids would ride it. Maybe they would try to ride better. the skeleton. Bro, if a dinosaur can't eat a rock or two, that's why they fucking lost the entire boom thing. That's yeah, right. right. If that's true. real, okay. I mean, jeez. Wait, so does Zito think that dinosaurs were never a thing? They yeah. weren't yes. real. Yeah. It's yeah. big museum just trying to make money off us. Yeah, he always so, <laughs> he says, "Oh, these diggers and big museum go out in the middle of no." Nowhere, and then they are. I the, found something. Oh my god! And they're the only ones that can test for it, right? They're the only ones yeah. that can test for it. Let's get mm-hmm. all the carbon. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is actually the biggest, and it happens to come like every few years. It yeah. seems like that's Zito's theory, not a mine. A big meteor came, but all these bones just stayed in one spot. Very odd. Yeah, Zito is very loud about this. He might be the loudest anti-dinosaurs existed yeah. person. Yeah. More yeah. misinformation on this program can't have. What are you talking about? Stan is real. Thirty-one point eight million dollars. Boom. Yeah. I'm a big dinosaur guy. Price. I think they. Uh, you should get one. I mean, alligators. T Rexes are awesome. Awesome. Yeah, they yeah. are. Pterodactyl, dude. Yeah. A fucking pterodactyl. Stegosaurus. Yeah, Stegosaurus. They're good. Oh, the flying, the flying just, thing from uh, from um, 
Chris Pratt's Jurassic Park, the flying whatever, what are those called? Pterodactyls. I mean, Pat just said. I think it. I just talked about a pterodactyl. No, not pterodactyls. Velociraptors is what I'm they talking about. Oh, they, they don't fly. fly. That's a another, car. Another another I mean, they run That's a raptor. That's a velociraptor. I only saw about two minutes of that one. Anyways, rhinoceros, still dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, alligator, crocodile, yeah. still a dinosaur. Yeah, go. we had rhinoceros back in the day for sure. Yeah, that's what I think what? they are. An ex- <laughs> What's that? Rhinos, yeah. We had Who's, rhinos he said we had them. Like, we, the we as the earth or like we as... Yeah. Who, Pablo Escobar? He had them. Is that For who you sure. were? So did. when did animals become real? Well, it's not animals. He's talking about dinosaurs. He yeah, thinks animals no have always been around, oh, okay. is what he thinks. Yeah, that was a massive alligator. I'll give you guys that. The... The T-Rex or whatever you guys want to call it. So that was an alligator that could walk on two legs. That's why the arms were so small. Maybe, yeah. Okay, so let's just think. No maybe, such thing as a T-Rex, though. So you're anti-T-Rex or all dinosaurs? All dinosaurs. What about a rhinoceros, an alligator, and a crocodile? All in on those guys. I've seen so was it, were there animals so, that were the size of dinosaurs? Yeah, they made them humongous, massive, and they put these in <laughs> museums, and then by putting museums, you sell the tickets, and then you have people come in, and you sell them for millions of dollars. Not real. There's a lot of money in this, yeah. in the dinosaur game, in the artifact game, and we did think that maybe the rock was an honest buyer for $31.8 million of his T-Rex, which is quite a thing to do. I, I'm sure Dana White has peeked around at yeah. how oh, much yeah. a dinosaur intact is for that thing. There's a, there's this... A class of people that just have too much money and need to get rid of it or mm-hmm. move it somehow or right. do something mm-hmm. like that, and they buy these incredibly expensive things. And I assume dinosaurs are that. But Zito thinks it's all bullshit. Yeah, yes. Zito thinks it's all bullshit. But that, hey, by the way, this program is all about conversation. That's right. Zito has his conversation. Yeah. And the opinions of Zito do not reflect that of his uh, peers or his employees. Someone inside nope. told me NASA was uh, funded by dinosaurs. No big deal. All right, let's get to a break. We're back in four minutes. Uh, Can't wait to answer some phone calls, see some more tweets. You believe it? It's starting to cook in your head, huh? This is your first time hearing this? I mean, there's... No, I've I've heard it. Paper mache, bro. There's a religious debate about dinosaurs and where humans are, like all this stuff. That's what I'm thinking about. But um, That's one of my favorite FCA questions. What's that? (laughs) So dinosaurs. (laughs) Floor is yours. You know, it's, I've been a part of a few. I've, I've witnessed a few of those. But, you know, there's hey, there's worse theories out there. Z. We know that. Hey, man. Which ones? I mean, a lot of them. I mean, like I would say Zeet's. It, I mean, no, I, I can't defend Zeet's take here. <laughs> Zito is saying there's a lot of mean? bad ones out there. Zito is technically right. There are, are no dinosaur bones floating around. Like the rock, that's not a dinosaur skull the rock has. That's a like a plaster. Oh, it's like you catch a fish. Yeah, Nick, they're digging it's in the ground. Real I just saw it the other day. They said it's, they got uh, the most intact thing of all time. They tested uh, it for carbon. Fossils aren't dinosaur bones. They're like the imprints. So they recreate the actual structure of the dinosaur. Fake so it's like when I went Bigfoot hunting and I saw a footprint. Yeah. That's what they're picking up. I believe up in Bigfoot the... more than dinos. What's that, buddy? I believe in Bigfoot more than dinos. I'm out on Bigfoot. I went hunting for five, six <laughs> hours. I'm with out. The I'm not out on every theory, but I'm out on Bigfoot. You went with the greatest... Hunter as well. Yeah, uh, a deaf guy. Yeah. yeah, interesting strategy to go. Yeah, but he's got eyes like a hawk. He can, he Not can really. Vibration. Real? What? <laughs> no, he just had good instincts. You know, you lose one <laughs> sense, you gain another. Oh, okay. I want Bigfoot hunting with a deaf guy. You know this. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Almost. I didn't all, know he was deaf though. Yeah, oh, yeah, almost all of Bigfoot hunting, by the way, is by sound. So it's it's not a real thing. Here, man, no, you're hunting. Yes. You can't call it hunting if you haven't gotten one ever, and nobody has. Yeah, that's, yeah you that's you're hunting something. Yeah, you're killing looking, would be the you're, you're looking for things. 
Yeah, looking, hunting. You can become fruitless, though, in your hunt for something. If you Boom. fired live rounds at a Bigfoot, you're technically hunting. I didn't I didn't pull the trigger on any guns. I will not speak for the deaf guy, though. Did you have guns with you, though? I assumed the deaf guy was strapped. Yeah. But you would think if, he believes, if he believes in this Sasquatch Bigfoot and how big and powerful they would be, if. you would think you'd want to be able to protect yourself. It's right? not an if. This guy is has lived alone out in the woods because all of his friends and family told him he was obviously a, uh, a kook. Yeah, sure. yeah, you're a crazy man. He's a, a, an a, 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 anomaly. No. Uh, when you live all by yourself. Uh, a recluse? A recluse, there it is. <laughs> He's a recluse. He lives all by himself. Out. We got a hold of him through a website. He has a website that he checks once a month. And he got back to us. I haven't seen anybody in like years or something. Like hey, I'll tell you what. In uh, Roger's last book, they were just talking about this with guys from World War II who were ordered to you know, hold the fort in the Philippines. And this dude didn't come out until 1974. So that's... 30 plus years. This deaf guy has been out there looking for wow. Bigfoot. And at the end of the night when we didn't find, oh, I guess it ended up being morning. Mm -hmm. And I got NFL drug tested, by the way, two hours after I got done with this hunt. Yeah. Which makes sense. Probably the most logical drug test they gave me out of the 216 <laughs> was immediately after I was hunting for Bigfoot in the hills of Atlanta or in the hills of Georgia out there. Uh, we were told that somebody in the crew didn't believe enough. That's why we didn't see. Ah, uh, so kind of like Santa Claus. Well, well that's who in the crew. Who in the crew didn't feel strong enough? About believe me, I started questioning. You know, I started. Excuse me, what's your problem? Yeah, <laughs> they really said that to you. Did yeah. they really say that's a real thing? Yeah, and that was when I lost it. That was when I said, "All right, I'm out wait, on this." Did this one. guy? Did you go in? I know you went in. I had a cool experience. Did you really think you're going to see something? What the fuck? Yeah, I'm had just, this guy had this guy seen it? Living yeah, in the woods for twenty. He years? had a footprint that he had plastered. He mm -hmm. had a footprint. He had some hair mm. that he had pulled from. Oh a tree. no, no pictures though, huh? Very odd. He doesn't well, have a camera. That's the thing about these blurry ass Sasquatch. You know, every photo looks like it's just it is a tough to get. It, it is tough to get your hands on a camera these days. That's well, especially when you live in the woods all by yourself for fucking twenty years. There's yeah. kids that live on the on like huts on the water that have Xbox and cell phones, and they don't even have electricity. They're running a generator from twelve miles away. You can get a cell phone if you're out there in the woods. Oh, you think this deaf guy that's been hunting Bigfoot every day of his life for 20 years knows anything about anything with cameras? No way. That guy just likes How do you think he does his research? He's got to research and put his put awesome stuff on his website. Oh, Boots on dude. the ground. Travel, dude. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being harsh on this guy. I shouldn't judge you. You're just being dumb. I paid him. I got <laughs> nothing out of it, so I don't I don't think you're being too harsh. I it's mean, like the ghost hunters, too, that show and they go around dark rooms. Oh, there's something there. Like, the well, wow. I actually did that as well, and they had me download a radar app on my my phone <laughs> and it actually would show you where his spirits is around you. You just have to sit still and quiet. Yeah, I mean, is that the the highest grossing app of all time then? Sounds amazing. Uh, it told me four or five spirits were in a room that I was in. Holy shit. I yeah. did get the chills one time and they said that was a spirit oh. running through me and penetrating me. COVID. No, nah, this is long pre, before pre COVID. COVID. Did the ghost yeah. survive COVID, I wonder? Oh yeah. Mediums are still very much intact. That what is a Sasquatch. I think I'm out on Sasquatch. In on ghosts, out on Sasquatches. Let's get to a break. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not, I believe there are bones out there. I'm mind blown though that these aren't bones now. I'm learning what the fuck have they been digging up all this time? Oh, very odd. There are. They dig up bones. There are also bones. fossils. Oh. Yeah. So are they bones or fossils? Those are two different things. 
So which ones? There the are a couple summer bones, bones summer but fossils. most of the time they're just fossils. There's imprints in the dirt. Oh, no, bones. no, because Stan was the most intact. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was the bones. He was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Had Where is the, the real Stan? Where is the original Stan? It's I would assume. The rock. Anonymous buyer, thirty-one point eight million dollars. Doctor Allen. Oh, so we don't know where it is. No. But Rock had to come out and say that was not me. Yeah. Stop. Like Dana White. Or mm. Bezos building Jurassic Park somewhere. Just just so I know before we get this break. Is Stan Stan Lee died. <laughs> is Stan, rest in peace. You know? Is Stan the Tyrannosaurus Rex that I was just doing research on yesterday because I thought it was over Rock's shoulder? The most intact Tyrannosaurus Rex in the history of Tyrannosaurus Rex eye. Supposedly. Yes. That is bones they found, or that's just imprints of things that potentially Supposedly led bones. them to believe. Bones. Stan, it's so in Nick, what are you saying, Nick? Why are you even coming in here? Did you guys not pay water? attention in eighth grade earth and science no! class? I did. You don't know what fossils are? Dr. Alan Grant found Stan, and then John Hammond purchased him and put him in the lobby at Jurassic Park. We all know the story. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day today. Josh Allen will be on the show tomorrow from Bill's Mafia. Can't wait to chat with him about Sunday night's big time matchup against the Chiefs. How he feels, how his life, other guests, and the boys will always be fantastic. AJ Hawk will be here, and hopefully you will be as well. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened, you know? Just like, all right, well, that was kind of a waste of time. See you later. You know, you can have that. Two ships passing in the night at sea without radar. You get it. Whatever the case, hopefully we'll get a chance to chat with you, Minyana. Ty, please play some independent music and repel these people into a beautiful Wednesday evening. Cheers.